Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacrediconpodcast, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacrediconpodcast and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Everybody, welcome back to the Sacred Icon Halo Show. Shut the front door. We're here with episode 34 coming at you, bringing you pure enthusiasm for the Halo universe. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get right in. We got some cool stuff to talk about. I beat Halo Wars for the first time. So, without further ado, I'm your co host, Jovial Joshi. Join with me, as always. It's the one, the only, the holy moly. Brian Arvett. Brian, dude, how was your week? Dude, I'm excited for this. <laughs> I like so. your smile right now. <laughs> Halo Wars came out like how many years ago now? That was uh, 11 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the podcast has been enough of a constant in your life to get you finally to lock down yeah, and play that's it. That's true. Right? That's true. Um, I have not played an RTS man, since. Yeah. yeah, Battle for Middle Earth 2, all the way through at least. So. It's kind of sad that Halo Wars is one of the most relevant RTSs of the time right now because nobody plays RTSs. It seems like you know you said that you know like the, the, their popularity. I was gonna say you said that down. before, and I remember thinking like you know I'm not as immersed in like the RTS community, I guess. But like mm-hmm. I guess you're kind of right because like I don't really know of many that come out anymore. Well, in the early 2010s, like like I think literally the year 2010. The biggest game on Twitch was StarCraft 2. That was the, with the most prize pools, the most viewers. Um, you can't find StarCraft anywhere on the top Twitch boards now because it's like, once the whole MOBA thing came out, then yeah. people were like, ooh, MOBAs is way easier. Like, because RTSs are, are way, way more complicated than a MOBA. And if you, if you try to jump in League of Legends right now, you're going to suck anyways because there's still a learning curve. But the learning curve for an RTS is is way. So you feel like it kind of like so the like a lot of the RTS community just kind of jumped onto the the MOBA stuff or something. 
Yeah, MOBA and other and other competitive things, you know, like now Fortnite and 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 uh, Hearthstone and other things like that. Um, I've always been a big fan of RTSs, but for me, I've never been good at them. And I, I well, you know me, I'm not competitive mm-hmm. at all. So like for me, I just loved playing them, building my base, playing the campaign, having fun. But it is such, it's like the most competitive. It's so competitive those games that uh, you know the learning curve is so steep there. Even if you're a competitive person, it's going to be hard to learn that. And because most people play those for the multiplayer, I feel like, um, and it's just it's just not as easily accessible. So I think they've kind of fallen by the wayside. Um, yeah, I get that. When I when I played Battle yeah. from Middle Earth two, I you know I played it because it had a campaign and I was really interested to get to explore that. And then when I beat it. I was like, okay, well, I'll try with this like skirmish mode. I'll try this out, and then I got completely like steamrolled, and I was like, whoa, this mm-hmm. is comp- this plays entirely yeah. different. Now I get that more, but like I didn't then, and even now I think, man, that's kind of like the end game stuff for me. Whereas I know for a lot of people, that's that's what they buy it for, you know, is that type of yeah. stuff. So well. See, like if if like, and I'm not even a good StarCraft player, but like if you and me booted up StarCraft right now and started playing. Because of the difference in knowledge of mm-hmm. the game, like you would, you might not even have your first unit, like your first guy built, like created to come attack me, and I'm already swarming your base yeah. with dudes. That's literally what and happened. Like, and, you're thinking, much. and you're thinking, yeah, you're thinking to yourself, you're like, I, we've been in the game for three and a half minutes. How is this possible? Well, I know the tricks of the trade better than you do, but and I, like I said, I suck. But like I just, just that oh, I know you that steam much me. already. I've give no me. doubt. Yeah, but I mean, if you're more competitive, so if you actually tried, you would. You'd beat me, but because uh, it's funny, like when we were kids, me and Kyle would play StarCraft, and Kyle would be better mm-hmm. than me. But Kyle just beat me on sheer overwhelming. Force. I don't know. Just I guess our, I guess yeah, I guess over because what we would do is we were idiots. We would do like okay, nobody can attack each other for thirty minutes. Build up your base. Well, that's not how you play RTS. Like you're supposed to just like rush, rush, rush. Well, now if Kyle plays against me, he can he does not stand a chance because he doesn't know how to like get mm-hmm. things rolling out quicker. But, it's weird for the uh, longest time Josh, I thought Diablo was an RTS and I know it's not now, but that makes sense. Cause I used to just kind of lump that together with Starcraft, like Starcraft and Starcraft yeah. and Diablo. But uh, oh, what's up? I don't man? blame you. Cause uh, the viewpoint, I was say hit me up with the sound of a grunt being frustrated because he's in a yoga class and he can't lift his what? leg high enough. What? Don't, don't we're facing dark. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> downward facing dog. That's a thing. I went back. Before. I went back and forth all morning on whether or not I wanted to say if the class was led by Richard Simmons or not, but I thought it just made it longer. <laughs> I so, don't even. Just like and one and two and one and two. I'm a grunt. I can't lift my legs. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh that's good. man. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Before so, we get into dog. some Halo Wars stuff, guys, there is actually a little, just a little bit of a, a little bit of sizzle, sizzle kind of news. That we wanted to touch on real quick. It uh, there was a looks like a job opening at three four three industries recently posted, and uh, I'm gonna just quote this as following and pick your brain, Brian, because I know you already saw it. They said three four three industries is looking for a senior producer to work with our core services team to help develop a new project in the Halo universe. That's all it says. But man, what do you think about that, Brian? Because we actually haven't talked about this. Well, I have a serious thing and a not serious thing. I'll start with a not serious thing. I really want a job listing for two completely underqualified um, GED high school graduate only people to sit in the corner of their studio 
and podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because I can think of two people oh, who would fit really well. Fantastic. Can you can you imagine if like we're just not like it's not even like a typical podcast like we're just sitting like on an elevated platform in the corner of the studio and we're just like uh, like two like WWE announcers or something like <laughs> mod, like and it looks like Frank O'Connor is going to he's writing the manual oh we got Jeff Easterling over here he's uh, he's Coming working the on door. the blog oh, for the week God, it's Bunny Ross <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she, and she's just like oh hey guys. Like, and we, I don't know, we, maybe we could just, like, we could be mood enhancers for yeah. the studio, you know? And there's going to be that one guy that just probably cannot stand us. He's like, how do these two yeah. jokers get in there? Like, put them in but, a broom closet. Uh, get them away from us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, on a serious note, I, I don't I don't know where it was quoted or where it was said, but bon- Bonnie Ross mentioned at one point that uh, after Infinite was out the door, they wanted to work on more side stuff. Um, and I'm really starting to like, I don't know what me and like others in the community are basing this off of, but I'm really starting to, to get the impression that Infinite is being built as this base to last for some significant time. Like I think Halo Infinite is going to be this really great, big, polished package with, with a roadmap that lasts for quite some time. I mean, you look at Halo 5, they've done a great job of keeping that updated. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like it it's was... It's been impressive. Yeah, Halo 5 has been impressive, and I don't feel like it's been designed as well to be an ongoing service, but they've pulled it off so well. So I think Infinite's going to be this platform that's going to be iterated on, and it's going to last for a long time. And I think they're going to start to look at smaller projects they can do and, and different ways they can expand the universe. Because, you know, especially if we're kind of having the soft reboot and getting ourselves back on the right track, this would be a good point where they can say, okay, we've got Infinite out the door. It's there. Um, let's do this thing. Let's do this. Uh, you know, here's a side ODST size game. Here's a on maybe Halo Wars three. I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like if the community has went five years with Halo five, which was at least from a narrative standpoint, largely disappointing, we could we could endure. I I, I could speak for myself. I would have no problem spending in the next five years with only Infinite as a mainline title and just getting side stuff every couple mm-hmm. years. You know, yeah. and then maybe in 2025, 2026 we get the full sequel to Infinite or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we're kind of starting to get to a point where we're moving away from, like, the... Three-year release cycle? No, yeah, well, just the, the like, okay. the short consistency between, like, releases. Like, it seems like it's getting bigger yeah. and bigger. With, with stuff well, the, in general. The development, yeah. Yeah, the development's... It's taking so much longer, and people are expecting so much. And and we can already cover this, so I don't want to, you know, retread old ground too much, but, like, I just feel like... And that's kind of where you and I were a little bit different on things, is I feel like what is expected of games now is so much that we're the times only time and money is only increasing over and over again. So like, are we going to get to the point where like, I mean, we're already at the point where elder scrolls, uh, six is going to be a 10, 15, 20 year oh, gap. Dude. I got something to say about games. that. Actually. I, I don't disagree with you on some okay. of that, but you know, go, do you want to finish? Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, no, you, you know what? Ahead. I was actually, I literally was thinking about this at work last night and I thought, you know what? It's freaking brilliant that they've done that. Now, maybe that's not necessarily been their agenda this whole time at Bethesda, but, like, dude, I, I, like, most of us think, you know, like, uh, like everyone's jaded on the re-release stuff and, like, everyone makes jokes about it and stuff like that. But think about it. Like, yeah. remember how big of a deal it was when Skyrim came out? Yeah. The, the next time I personally saw something reach that high was Red Dead 2. Like, it's it's like it's the kind of, like, like popularity to the point where, like, everyone who, who doesn't even play games knows that this is, like, this game is a big deal for people. It's coming out, you know. It, it yeah. kind of like 
breaks through the crust of like gamers, you know, in the gaming community and it mm-hmm. ascends past that and, and people are become yep. aware of it. And I feel like so much time has passed and people still either like they either A have a love for it or B are at least invested enough in Elder Scrolls that they now mock this stuff. So that when the next one happens, it's gonna be a big it's gonna be a bomb when it like in not not the well, bad yeah, I mean, way, but the good playing, way. Like it yeah, is gonna yeah. blow people away when we finally get to actually see what this looks like, get a release date, because it's like, there's been such a gap in time. And it's like, I feel like that kind of relates to Infinite, because it's like, I mean, we already have the announcement. We know it's coming this year, but like, you had such a gap in time that people mm-hmm. have enough time to like, I don't know, just, they've had enough time to breathe and do other stuff. They want to go yeah. back and re- they're ready to go back into that world again. So, well, I feel like I feel like uh, Bethesda they they saw what was happening with Skyrim and they adjusted their plans for Elder Scrolls Six accordingly because you know g- gaming's just getting so different on so many different levels. But if you look at Skyrim, Skyrim came out in 2011. I would argue that the game Skyrim is still. I mean, Bethesda knows this. People are still playing Skyrim today. Like a lot of people, not an insignificant amount of people are playing it, and they might be playing the base game. They might be playing it with mods, you know, whichever. They might but be playing, playing on a new it. platform, playing it on their Switch. You know, like there's, there's, it's still like, I even like, I even get in the moods to play Skyrim still. And I've already played it a lot. Um, so I think they, they realized what they had on their hands, even more so maybe after it was released, that it's a game that has a lot of longevity and, and, uh, Todd, Todd Howard, um, he's gone on record saying that like they want to design Elder Scrolls six to be another game that can be played for 10 plus years. So I think they're even more instinctively making Elder Scrolls six to be something that's going to last. And, you know, you're starting to see that a lot with games like GTA V came out in 2013. It has sold like over 125 million copies, and it is still just as, almost just as relevant today. It's still on the top sale charts in 2020. Um, Like you said, Red Dead Redemption still sells really well, and it's been, uh, we'll we'll be coming up on two years this year. Um, Minecraft just hit the 200 million mark. That game has been out more or less, for over 10 years, or about 10 years-ish. So, And it just keeps selling, selling, selling. So there's these certain games, and it kind of ties into the whole like games-as-a-service thing, um, that just they can just last the test of time. And, and the, the audience for gaming is so much bigger now, and I can see how that's desirable for companies. Because if you can put out like a Minecraft or a GTA V and ride that out for a long time, or a Skyrim, you know, why not? And I mean, if the gamers are happy then why, I mean, really, if, if you're making money and gamers are happy, then what's the issue? And if Infinite can pull that off, then... I, actually, I actually like that we're talking about this. Uh, before we get into Halo Wars, I want, I want to mention something, because, like, we kind of talked about this, like, in the past, but we haven't really ever talked about this on the show or anything, but, like, you know, I've always said, like, when we go to, like, midnight launches and stuff, I'm always really excited, and then when I get the game in my hands, there's, like, a weird part of me that's, like... I'm not like something is lost in that because I'm, I'm so used to being excited yeah. well, collectively. It. It's secured. Yeah, I, I, yeah. No, I'll yeah, give it. I mean that yeah, yeah. that that is very true though because then then the anxiety is gone. The whole like I want to get this game yeah. in my hands is finally gone because you have it. But like yep. for me, it's like you spend the whole time being collectively hyped with people, and you do you you experience that together. You go to a line, you know, a midnight launch with friends usually, if not a friend, and. Then that's all gone. You all go your separate ways. So something for me personally has always been lost in that. And then in regards to post-launch stuff, like we're kind of talking about in a sense, I'm like, man, how do you 
we've definitely crossed that threshold of like we're now a lot of games find a way even if they're single player to like have sustainable support of that mm-hmm. post launch but it's like how do you maintain that you know still like how do you keep up that enthusiasm for people like after the game's already come out they've played it and they've experienced it and like for halo infinite i think you're kind of right dude like i feel like this is definitely being built up i mean we had that one the the what is it that little brief synopsis in the uh the art of that said it was like their biggest mm-hmm. whatever yet and uh, yeah like yeah. we said before like that's, that's they, something they, they, always, they always say, say that, that. Yeah. they gotta say that for everything but mm-hmm. I, it, it feels like it's a safe assumption at this point this is gonna be a, a, a still a pr- pretty meaty game you know i can't imagine this game's gonna come out and be a very short really condensed kind of halo you know i'm not i'm not expecting them to do like go all out but i'm just expecting i'm not expecting something very like I don't know, very, very cut, and uh, it's missing a well, lot. Well, if they, if they do, like, we've kind of talked about it, like, if, if Infinite's, like, open world, and I'm not saying this is, I mean, I'd have to see it, the execution, but I'm not saying this could be a good thing. It just could be something that could very well happen. You could see, like, let's say let's say the whole campaign plays out on a Halo ring and it's open world type experience, and you go mission to mission to mission. Well, they could create the ability for, um, they could just keep putting, like, little missions in to the game after the fact and it wouldn't you mean even like spartan ops also like spartan okay no actually kind of but but no like if you look at spartan ops here was the big problem with spartan ops people loved it the story continued but all they did was reuse maps reuse maps reuse maps but rather than like reuse a map they can be like hey you're already out on this halo ring this open world halo ring we're just gonna add to your you know not, it wouldn't be called a quest log a mission database or something we're just gonna add that Oh, over in this section of Halo Ring, maybe it's called like a uh, Waterfang Gorge or something. That sounds pretty cool, Brian. Spot. <laughs> yeah, like uh, over in Waterfang Gorge, um, there has been a a brute camp that's set up, and they are, um, you know, I don't know, they're 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 setting up weapons. You know, go t- get a warthog, travel there, and see what's going on. So Take when Universal out. now maybe comes the- up with the Halo theme park, they have the section called Waterfang Gorge. <laughs> yeah, right. That sounds that dope. Sounds I, now cool. that we're saying it, back I would want to go on that route. Yeah, so like, so you could be like, so you know, like, other than just oh, the multiplayer keeps going. Oh, I can keep doing multiplayer years after Halo Infinite's launch. Maybe it's like, oh, I'm in the mood to play. I'm in the mood to play Halo Infinite. Okay, well, I jump back in the campaign that I've already beat, or or like, let maybe you can look at it two ways. Even you, you've already beat it, but you go back in the campaign after you've beat it, and it's like, oh, here's my mission log. All these missions that three four three has added. And it wouldn't even be like, it'd be kind of like Destiny, where it's like an event almost. Like, they can add them online, and it wouldn't require them to, like, create a whole DLC expansion. It's like, go to Waterfang Gorge, do this. Um, oh, the pilot the pilot uh, would, would love it if you could go, and there's 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 10 different locations on the Halo ring that uh, has uh, Forerunner data. If you could get to those locations, fight your way through, get the data... The pilot can can do like this now. He can upgrade your armor yeah. or something. Yeah, which like once again, I know some people are listening to probably saying, uh, "Brian, I've seen that. You know, I've seen it like I've seen it in some MMOs. I've seen it in Dragon Age Inquisition. Like, I don't want to kill seven, find four, pick up three. Like, that's not fun. But I'm talking about it can be done well. We've seen it done well in like The Witcher, where technically on paper it's trivial, but it, it actually comes out really well. Oh, yes. You know, like maybe maybe even like they could even do something like. Um, you know, rather than having to re-record new cutscenes and all this stuff, maybe just the actor, the voice actor for the pilot, maybe he has an ongoing like recording for lines. So yeah, when they add a new mission, he's like, "Chief, 
yeah, like Oscar Mayer, like, yo, chief, there's brutes at Waterfang Gorge. Get down there. And like, and even like he might even pop up in your HUD or whatever, and you go do that. And so now there's a way that even years later, there's a reason for players to return to the campaign. And even maybe, or maybe if you start the campaign over, like, oh, I want to restart the campaign. I want to start back at the beginning. Well, maybe those new missions are there during the first mission even. Like, so in 2020, when the game came out, that side mission didn't exist. But in 2022, when you play it again, that side mission's been added in by 343, and now you have that option. Yeah, you know, you, you got me thinking, like, you know, I, I know there was a supposed leak that kind of touched upon some of this stuff before, but, like, how cool would it be if, like, yeah, you get to a point when you're on a Halo ring or something like that, and, like, you finish the mission, and then the game just sort of, like, you go, there's a cutscene, and you, you're expecting to kind of, like, go into sort of this next level, per se, but then you're just sort of, like, outside in this, like, area... And then suddenly you have like, maybe you get some like main quest dialogue and you have a nav point, but then suddenly like you hear something else and then you get something else and suddenly you got a couple different nav points and you're like, whoa, 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 Mm -hmm. what? (laughs) Can you imagine how overwhelmingly cool that could possibly feel? There is so many opportunities there. Think of how they could do Easter eggs. Think about this. Think about, let's say I'm like, I I just went, I just got done at Waterfang Gorge and I'm I'm traveling up through the canyon, (laughs) right? I'm going up through the canyon, over the ridge, and I see this little cave that's kind of tucked behind a waterfall. And I go back in there, and I start to hear, like, a voice. And I'm like, what is that? And I start to walk down the cave. And I see at the end of the cave, there is a grunt with, like, rocks drawing on the cave walls, talking to himself. And it's like yeah, an Easter egg. You know, no, it's like a lived-in cool. world. And you're like, it's like, holy shit. Like, this yeah. is cool. Like, and you can just leave him, or you could go up there and torture him, you know, whatever. It's like, and then you get on, you see people on like uh, Twitter or, or Reddit or whatever. They're like, man, I was just, I, I just got done at Waterfang Gorge, and I went down there, found this cave behind a waterfall, and there was this grunt. And he was just, he was drawing pictures of his grunty grandma, yeah, you know, or something like that. And it's just like, it's so cool. So, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I'm the guy who has said several times on record, I don't want an open world Halo. I want your typical 10, 12 mission based regular Halo, good stuff, but like. I said I've been. I'll be open minded to this stuff. I won't shout be out mad. to Destiny and for this that. Sounds I feel like credit cool. goes to Destiny because it's like they kind of proved for us. I think both of us personally that like. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously that's a completely different type of game, but still, in regards to the first person aspect, it kind of made like traversing around an open zone kind of fun for a first person shooter. You know, like you yeah. didn't have the linearity, but you still had this like you still had the first person aspects, and it was still fun to like go to places and do stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to make a weird, I'm going to kind of make a weird comparison here. So like for Destiny 1, my issue was, is that the the story felt too separated for me at times. It was. Like way too separated. But Gears of War 5 kind of did something similar. And don't get me wrong, Gears of War 5 is nothing like Destiny. But if you play Gears of War 5, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, you have these missions that are, are sort of open world where you ride around on this vehicle called mm-hmm. the Skiff. And it gives you clear, like, okay, drive through this giant open area to this this spot. This is how you continue the campaign. But it gives you these options to go off the beaten path and do these little side missions where, like, maybe there's some, some uh, this, did I say, is it the swarm? Yeah. Is that what it was? They're not the locust anymore, the swarm. Like, there's some swarm in this bunker, and they're guarding a special sniper rifle. And you can just, rather than go to the next Gears 5 mission, you can go off the beaten path, you know, take some cover, kill those, kill the swarm, and get that special sniper rifle. Like, that was a way in which they added just a little extra stuff to do hmm. that's on your own volition yeah. to go there. But it felt much more like, like, Re- Destiny felt like 
an open world game that had bits of story. Gears of War 5 like a sto- felt like a story that had open world bits of open world. So maybe Halo could be more like that because we're all used to more of a structure. Halo Infinite could be more structured, you know, story campaign, but hey, here off the beaten beaten path, you know, there's Waterfang, you know, like our <laughs> here's a here's a cave. I hope oh. someone at three four three listens to this, and then you hear Waterfang Gorge get implemented into some future and into this future Halo project. I would love that. Okay, you know what? I just thought of the title for the podcast. This episode is going to be called Side Quest at oh, Waterfang it's Gorge. Beautiful, it's beautiful. Boom! I love. Oh, it, I know what the ladies like. Man, that's perfect. You know what song I always think? Of? Here's another song I can't sing uh, because it's got it's got bad words in it. But there's a uh, it's it's funny when I say, whenever I say something like I love it. Have you heard that song? But I think it's Kanye. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> and he's dancing in like a giant like Minecraft suit, and he's like, "You're such an effing hoe. I love oh, it." Oh yeah, I've seen the video <laughs> for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I want to mix it up and 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 change the words, but like I love it. I don't know. Not bad. But anyways, Josh, man. I know, we can talk about that a lot. Uh, you know, and I actually didn't even answer, guys, personally, but, like, I think uh, creative, uh, this creative project thing is, is cool. I think Brian hit the nail on the head. Uh, I, I'm excited to see what they do. I don't mind if it's going to go to some minor-scale stuff. Like, selfishly, a part of me is, like, give me an XCOM Halo. Give me, like, a Gears Tactics-type Halo. But I'm like, yeah. I don't see them for... I don't see them doing that anytime soon because it'd really be copy and paste of uh, of what the Coalition's doing. But, oh. but yeah. no, I mean, that'll be... It's cool. I wouldn't it's even to care assume they're going to be doing yeah. different stuff, but it doesn't necessarily specify that it's going to be a video game either. So, like, who knows what this could be? You will be getting Halo. You will be getting Halo Kart. Halo Kart. Oh, I would play it. Yeah. I would play it. <laughs> I would. That's the thing. Is like we all say that's ridiculous, and like a lot of us uh, probably don't even want it. But like if it came I played, out, I, I think it was Mortal Kombat it. Deception. I, mean, I think that introduced yeah. Combat Kart or whatever it was called, and it was yeah yeah. I, Dude, I want to kind of, if you're okay with you, I kind of want to touch on Infinite a little bit more. No, I know. I was enjoying talking about that. Let's not refuse uh, ourselves. Like, pi- just, just picture, like, if there's, like, a, you know, you can find, like, an assault rifle, like, hidden somewhere, and it's, like, like you have your regular AR, but, like, it's a different one. Like, maybe, like, like you find a... Now, this would just be, like, a... This would almost be, like, more like an Easter egg, I guess, but, like, it's called, like, Jenkins AR. Yeah. And it's just kind of, like, touching back on, like, Halo 1. But it, it's not even saying that it's his, like, mm-hmm. the same one. But it's called, like, Jenkins AR. And, like, maybe that AR, uh, maybe it fires at three times the speed, but the damage is less or something. You know, like, well, they can would, do stuff like that. Well, this would provide a good chance for unlockables, too. Like, you could maybe go do this little kind of brief little side quest or go adventure over here and you'll yeah. get a skin for your assault rifle in multiplayer, you know, or like you'll get, you know, another way for terminals or skulls or like data files or like something like that. You know what's ridiculous? I feel like you and I are like, uh, I, it's like, okay, guys, you guys can't wait till July. Well, like Josh and I are going to give you the hypothetical Halo announcement. So here, you heard it first. Waterfang Gorge. Tell you what it is. <laughs> side, side quest at Waterfang Gorge. Dang. Oh, man. Oh, uh, man. That sounds so exciting. It's going to be interesting to see um, if that, like, we, we've had so long of speculating about this, but like, it's going to be really crazy to see in July when this, like, we finally know whether or not there's going to be stuff that's like that, possibly, potentially. Or, yeah. or it's just like, they're like, no, we are still going to tell a very much linear game mm-hmm. that it's maybe going to have a bigger story, you know, or something like that. But, like, it's going to be interesting to see that point when we're like, because I'll be fine, obviously. I think most of us will be fine if they, they stick with the linearity. But it just seems like yeah. it's building towards something a bit different. And yeah. You, you mean, feel like with Infinite, I feel like that's going to mean more than just, that's more than just a yeah. clever title, right? It's so, it's so hard because there's there's two different ways to approach it. One side is like, okay, 
We love, everyone loves the Bungie Halos. We can pretty much speak to that. Pretty much, you know, you got people here who don't like 343 Halos, but everyone loves the Bungie Halos. So there's a lot of people that are saying, okay, you guys tried to do stuff different in 4. You tried to do stuff different in 5. Didn't work out for you. Just take us back and give us the Bungie days. Okay, there's like that, there's that side of the argument, which makes a lot of sense. Like, in one hand, it's now is not the time to do something radically different because it hasn't worked out well. But on the other hand, if I separate myself from the nostalgia and the fanboyism, like, Halo has almost been out for 20 years. Haven't they earned the right to do something different with the yeah. campaign? Like, there's so many kids. There's people who are turning 18 now who've never played Halo. Like, and, and just like, you know, maybe it's time to do something new. I mean, we can't. They can't just facilitate us old gamers for yeah, you know, uh, all, all the time. It's all like I said it before on the last one, I think. But like, you know what? I've normally been the person who's like, as much as I still kind of enjoy the soft reboot type stuff, like I'm normally more pushing toward the hey let's take a chance on a new story give us originality and stuff but like yeah you know what like this is like the perfect time for halo to really come back to a soft reboot kind of thing like you know rewatching the uh jurassic movies recently has given me insight to that shout out to tom jurassic for opening me back up into that it's been amazing i'll talk to you more about that off air though because i'll ramble it's making me want to watch the first but yeah so i love that movie so much so i'm so back in love with all that stuff it's amazing but there could dude. there could even be because halo has like native life on it there could even be like a dinosaur sized native there could be but yeah i was gonna say that would be like with jurassic world is like you know what i didn't think about it back then because i feel like 2015 was kind of where we were starting to get into that soft reboot like media because you had jurassic world which is very much a soft reboot of Jurassic Park. And then you had that with Force Awakens and stuff like that. So I'm like, you know, there's a part of me that's like, like when I was watching it, I was thinking about it. And in regards to Halo, it's like, I'm normally against this kind of stuff. But like, sometimes it just kind of works. Like it doesn't, the soft reboots help like continue what came before while also like providing a nice entry point and, and, and introducing new characters and new stories that can really continue it forward in a way that, like, you don't have to necessarily go back. Because, like, Jurassic World, it's like, boom, there's a park. In, in Force Awakens, it's like, boom, here's, like, a, a new version of the Empire vs. Rebels. It's like, so you don't necessarily have to go back and watch that stuff to really fully grasp all of it. But it helps. Yeah, that's, that's why I, I, I like the soft reboot probably more than you do. Because, like, for me, my best example, and it's so hard to explain to people because, like... I was there watching Star Wars as a kid. I watched the original trilogy as a little kid. I watched the prequels as they came out. But I personally see, like, I almost see Force Awakens as my entry point. Like, because it wasn't my it wasn't my entry point to the franchise because I had already watched Star Wars dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of times before The Force Awakens came out. But Force Awakens took me from passive Star Wars watcher to fan of the yeah. franchise. Like, that's the yeah, movie. That's, that's my favorite Star Wars that. movie. And yeah, and I think that my little like, sister, so cool like that her first, I think, I think her first Jurassic movie was Jurassic World, and like that was that opened that it made it made that relevant again for new new people. You know what I mean? And you got to think about it, like yeah, it, and, and even in regards to Halo Infinite, like we're we're in our late twenties, most of us, early thirties. You know, maybe a little bit older, but like these things aren't really necessarily for us anymore. And I think I reached a point after Rise of Skywalker where I was like, you know what? I really got to like, I was so frustrated at first with The Last Jedi and I'm not anymore, but I, I just kind of realized between all that, that like, it's okay that it's not for me anymore. Like, you know what? These are made for kids. And when I was a kid, I loved this stuff. So that's, that's okay. And like, I still enjoy the heck out of this stuff, but like, I had to like teach myself to not take it so seriously. So then like, 
Same thing with the Jurassic stuff. Like, I know some people don't like the sequels as much, and I get it, but I'm like, man, I still love this stuff. It's still exciting. So when with Halo Infinite, I'm like, you know what? This is this could potentially be a a new entry point for like younger gamers and stuff who, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, are maybe going to be 18 now. They've never played Halo, or Halo's just always been this like old passe game, you know. And this is a chance to like really bring a new generation in. And like, if the older generation enjoys it, good, because I'm sure they made it with us in mind still but like it's okay if it's like if it goes back to the soft reboot stuff like i I think this is as right a time as any to do that it really is and and it it excites me more and more and i think about it it makes me sad how like how entitled we get as fans because like like i just said like there's some people who are like i wish the sequel trilogy star wars never existed force awakens is my favorite like you'd be taking away my favorite there's people like mr red whose favorite halo is five if Miss took away Red. Halo. Miss uh, Miss Red. Yes, yes. At the time I, 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 I feel like we mentioned she's probably in bed. Oh, that was terrible with the clapping. Ooh, that was nice. pretty good rhythm. That was that good. That was Thank good. It feels like you planned that, but I don't Maybe think Maybe I did. Okay. Good. <laughs> I was like, I literally <laughs> thought of that the other uh, day. Some, I was listening to some song and it made me think of that rhythm. And I was like, you know what? I was like, Brian always mentions Miss Red when it comes to Halo 5. I was like, yeah. she, she deserves a shout out. Well, I mean, hopefully she likes because like she gets to be the example of of the someone who loves Halo Five, and I think that's great. Uh, and then also we always you know we always mention Kirsty. Kirsty with like Halo Four wasn't a soft reboot, but it was kind of like an entry point. Oh, definitely, because I and, mean like, three that, concluded what, definitely yeah. concluded that story arc. For yeah. Sure. So like that brought her in, and I'm like, what? Like, would you want to take away? Would you want to take away someone's Force Awakens or Halo Four, or Halo Five, or their Jurassic World? Like. Take it away just because it doesn't fit like what you expected for the series. You know, I, I think it's cool that those things brought in new fans. Like I, I want people to be in our fandom, our new fandom. And, and for me, it's like, even if I was somebody who's like, oh, only the Bungie Halos count, I still would like to say, hey, this person who's who got into the series because of four or five, welcome, welcome to my welcome to my fan base where I'm. At. Welcome, join welcome me in this love to the Halo yes, enthusiasm like, I think that's so cool. Yeah, no, I yes. get that. I get that. Well, that, that's why I said before, I, I was like, you know what? I, I just kind of realized, like, Halo 4 and 5 were very much, like, okay, like, this is the best example I can give since I'm so into Jurassic stuff right now. When you watch Jurassic Park 2 and 3, they're very much continuing the fallout of the events in the first film, right? Mm-hmm. So I feel yeah. like there's a part of me that thinks, like, after seeing Jurassic World, I'm like, you know what? There's a there's a part of me that would have maybe made the argument and said, you know what, why couldn't they have just given us another story that was kind of similar to that? But it's like, I, I feel like if we did get that, there'd be a part of me that would say, man, you know what I miss? I miss when it harkened back to when there was the wonder and the mystery of these dinosaurs at this park. And you kind of wanted to live into that yeah. that time when like this was like a thing. So the, that movie's like, hey, why don't we just take that and then give us an actual park that actually works in it and it has people there so like with halo 4 and 5 you know what we've gotten the store the sort of continuational thread of what's come before so like yeah why not give us now something different in like a soft reboot that's very much kind of doing that like you're gonna harken back like hey remember when halo first started out and you didn't really have all this expanded media and all this lore that came in the subsequent games and it was just a very self-contained story. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to go back. We're going to dip our feet back in that. That actually makes me more and more excited the more I talk about it. Yeah, I think that'll feel good. Um, on, on that note, Josh, I was going to ask you, if you had to pick one character to be an in infinite, to have to, one character to have a lot of prominence in infinite that's been in a prior 
game or book. Like, I'm trying to think of how I want to word it. Okay, actually hasn't been in the game is what I meant to say. So, like, like for instance, if you want to have Captain Cutter from Halo Wars be a prominent character in Halo Infinite, he would count. Or someone from the books. Like, if they just pick one. Like, I'm not saying they bring in a whole cast of characters that makes it convoluted. They just pick one and they make them really relevant. Is there anyone that comes to mind? Hasn't been in the games before? Uh, not for me as much. Because... I mean, it's easier for me to pick someone who's maybe been in there lightly and maybe could it would be cool to see them expanded upon or something. But, like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could say that. I can't I can't really say for anyone in Halo Wars 2, which I feel like a lot of people would probably pick characters from. Say, I would pick Jerome from Halo, which you've seen him already in Halo Wars 1, but he's much cooler. Yeah, too. yeah. I was going to say... I, I just, I would love to see Jerome. Yeah, no, that would definitely awesome. be cool. I think there's definitely, like, I, I mean, I know it's not quite what you asked, but, like, I'd love to see... Someone like Locke, someone like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, selfishly, I'm like, it would be to me, it would be out of, hey, it would be me, shocking. You know what? I'll, I, actually, there. I'll give you an answer now that I think about it. Spartan Ray from the Escalation comics. I really liked her character and okay. I looked it up post cool. episode. She hasn't been in anything else. That was her first introduction. She hasn't, she has yet to be in anything else. And I thought, you know what? I saw a picture. Of yeah, her so she, yeah. She seemed pretty cool to me, even though she wasn't uh, in there or she was in there consistently, but like she's not in the. Yeah real Halo universe like as, as much as some of the other characters but you know I'd, I'd love to see someone like Spartan Palmer even though I got the hots for her like I'm biased with that but at the same time I, I would even though she's abusive to you it's okay because it's Palmer no, <laughs> no uh, beat me silly Palmer if Palmer was like choose a difficulty I'm like hurt me plenty baby doom <laughs> legendary uh, no but like Lasso, all skulls are. Oh my god, I love your face when you do that. Oh, we have. I keep saying it on the show. We have to get a picture of your face. Talking like. Think if I just changed the the sacred icon Halo avatar to. Yeah. Just my face. <laughs> you guys can't Not see that. right now. We lose followers. It. But no, I feel like okay, like someone like Palmer is someone who's like a lot of people write her off because of just how she is. She's very one dimensional, but like that's a chance to give her a little bit more depth. Like I'd love to see a moment of like vulnerability or emotion. And uh, that would really make me like her character. And, and really, you could do that with other characters like Locke even and stuff like that. Like, But I just like Palmer because she was... Palmer very much to me is like the face of the sort of new era of Spartans that we got in Halo 4. That they started to pull back on in Halo 5 after the beta with the multiplayer. Yeah. So like, I would love to see a less uh, stubborn and, and uh, sort of jockey side and a little bit more vulnerability. Uh, I want to see her cry. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even have to see like that, emotionally. I'm like, not saying that in a mean way. I'm saying like you know, just you know, like maybe Palmer's not in her armor and she's at like a desk and she's tearing up and she's like, I thought we were gonna yeah, win this something war. like you know that, that one that, scene. Yeah. I think it was at the end of Halo Four or maybe it's well, you can tell me, but isn't there like a scene where like there's a shot of like Chief kind of sitting down and he's got like his his hands kind of like up by his That's head. That's at the opening. Halo opening. Halo okay, 4. so like yeah. stuff like that would just be a nice moment to really get a peek behind like. Yeah, these people are human. You know, like you don't think a lot of yeah. times when you play these games and you have these experiences, you don't have you don't think about the uh, the emotional strain, the mental strain on 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 these characters that it must take. You know, they don't really cover that as much. And like we kind of got that with Chief a bit in four, which is great. But like I'd love to see that. I'd love. I, there's so many characters that they have stuff to that they have room to work with. And there's a huge part of me that wants to say Buck, but then I'm like, you know what, Bucks. Bucks had two games, and and you know what? Let's let's get some of these yeah. other minor characters. Let's round them out a bit. Let's let's build up the quality. I, now that I think of it, though, like because you brought it up, I'm like, 
Locke has to, like, doesn't Locke has to have to be mentioned in this game? Like, I know some people would prefer he wasn't, but, like, to me, if he wasn't even mentioned or shown, that would just be shocking because he was so prominent in the game right before yeah. it. Do you, I mean, he's got to be mentioned, yeah, I, right? Well, I, feel like I, I feel like he's going to, it's, he's going to for sure be in there. I sound, I sound Canadian. Oh, he's for sure going to be in there, pal. But, uh, I feel like he's, he's for sure going to at least be in there in some capacity. You can't sweep him under the rug where it feels like it's it feels too noticeable. Yeah. You put him in there in a, maybe a smaller role, it'll give people a chance to, to like him. Give him a little bit more of a vulnerable side because he, too, was very one-dimensional. And I think with with Locke, it's a little different, but I feel like with Locke, they're fighting a more uphill battle because they put us in the position of forcing us to like a newcomer who was actively hunting stubbornly yes. the character we had played for years and he never he never cemented his motivation as good because he like fights chief breaks his visor and then almost immediately after he's like I respect you sir I'm here to help it's like ah eh, you you didn't make me believe in your cause yeah. that well yeah that's 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 pretty true that's pretty true but anyways Josh I guess we can move on to Halo Wars I uh, know I was almost like there's a little part of me that's like should we save the Halo Wars discussion for the next week episode nah, no no we nah. we can cover that stuff yeah we, no we you're, right, it, you're uh, right short but juicy, okay you know so I mean? <clears throat> moving on guys that was a good discussion man. Uh, I love it. I I, I love. I it. want some more. Oh wait, that's a country song. Why am I singing that? <laughs> I try so hard. I can't rise above it. Don't know what you it is. You make me want to go buy Wranglers right no. now. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a fan of country music. It sucks. I know all the lyrics because I, for record, I, I do not hate country guys. I like a lot of older country. I'm even nostalgic for Dixie Chicks now. Every time I played Red Dead Two for a while, I thought of Wide Open Spaces. Wide Open Spaces. Hey. <laughs> 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 think if that plays while you're just driving across to open world Halo. yeah oh my god that'd be amazing <laughs> room to make big money. another good example <laughs> turn that crap off this stuff's your history you know <laughs> yeah what's yeah. that line again what does it go uh uh shut your mouth son this stuff's yeah. your history it's what we're fighting to protect <laughs> dixie chicks fighting to protect dixie chicks <laughs> dixie chicks and the breaking bad <laughs> breaking benjamin discography. yeah i love it but uh yeah, yeah so i got kind of like when we did uh the escalation stuff guys i got a couple just uh bullet point stuff i just kind of want to talk to brian about with this stuff but first off brian i wanted to ask you dudes because for the, you know you guys that don't know i was pretty out of the loop around like the 20 i'd say after halo 3 came out I kind of got into like I had this phase of like being into photography, which I feel like a lot of people got into. Why are you smiling, Brian? I was gonna say I was gonna say like Josh, like I kind of got into, and I was like gonna fill in the words from be like, girls in real life. <laughs> no, that actually came a little bit. Because <laughs> it is kind of what happened. Came a little bit after yeah. this, but uh, yeah, yeah. but no, <laughs> but that that comes later. Uh, no, I I was I just kind of got out like the, the span between like 2008 to like 2008 and 2009. Really, I was kind of like. I still still got some games, but I wasn't really as uh, playing as hardcore at that point in time. So Halo Wars coming out in 2009, I was kind of like out of the loop. And I don't even know if I remember it, like like seeing it advertised. I think that's how out I was. So I was going to ask you, Brian, like, take me back to 2009. What was it I, like? One, what was it like? What was the buzz when this game got announced, if you remember? Like, was this something that was like, like greeted with like universal excitement or was this like mixed reactions, underwhelming? And two, like, what was it like? You know, I know you went to, I went with Creighton, I think, to the midnight launch of this. Yeah, and, and what, what was that kind of like? What was the post reception of this game? I know it's a lot, but I just wanted to hear your thoughts well, on this. Well, like, I feel like there was quite a bit of excitement for it as much as a spinoff RTS title mm-hmm. could get because Halo was still, Halo was still extremely prominent in 2009. Right, it was only two years and, after Halo 3, so. Yeah, 
and and it, it hadn't lost its popularity mm-hmm. at all. Like people still thought it was an awesome franchise. So anybody who was willing to play a spinoff RTS, I feel like was pretty excited. Um, for me, I was like I was excited definitely, but I was a little more jaded even then because. In my mind, back in 2009, I was just looking at all the spinoff titles for other franchises I'd played over my life and how they usually turned out pretty mm-hmm. poor, I thought. Like, usually when a series does its first spinoff, like, that's the sign of, like, things to BT come. Like, oh, it's going to go downhill yeah. from here. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, it's probably not going to be that good. And, you know, um, 60 bucks was a lot more when my paychecks were, like, $250 every yeah. two weeks. <laughs> I remember uh, those days. Then. So, yeah. So, uh, you know. I didn't have the money, and I was kind of jaded, and Creighton wanted it. And I was like, you know what? Let's let Creighton get it, see what I think. Um, so I was 16 when that game came out, and we wanted to go to the midnight launch. And there's a local around where I used to live and Josh currently lives. There's a local video game store called Video Games Etc. And they were the only Just one doing game. midnight launch. I don't think so! Yeah, that's commercial. their tagline. Go ahead, Brian. Um, they were the only ones doing a midnight launch, and... Uh, so Creighton wanted me to take him because I was old enough to drive. My brother, little brother wasn't old enough to get his copy. And we went and we waited there. And this was, this was kind of cool though. Is like back at that time, like midnight launches were such a huge thing. The, yeah. the video games, et cetera, a lot was full. It was full yeah. of people for Absolutely. Halo Wars because it was such a thing back then. Well, so we waited. I think I got there at like nine o'clock. I always got there ridiculously early. I mean, there's times where I've got there at like seven for the games. <laughs> Shout um, out to Justin for there getting like there for Halo and, 3 at like 9 a.m. Oh, the game still. Yeah, he was on like he was like on the news or was something. He? I think because Justin was in line for over twelve hours. I've, I think I've said this before, but Justin literally told me if I did not get in line at least twelve hours early, I wouldn't get a copy of Halo Three. I got there Dude, three hours early. I'm so excited no when we do our Halo so, Three retrospective sometime. Uh, go ahead. Great. Though. I'm sorry. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, so Halo Wars. I was waiting there with my brother and. It wasn't like I didn't have a lot of friends talking about it. It wasn't like even Justin wasn't that excited. I hadn't met you right. yet, you know, and like Kyle didn't give a crap about RTS Halo. So it was really pretty just sure that's a Michael Buble song. Just haven't met you yet. Yeah. <laughs> that's our song, Brian. Oh, I thought you were going to say, just didn't give a crap <laughs> no. about my brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like, that's a song. Um, but anyway, so Creighton, Creighton had got my, my parents were always the coolest parents ever because they cared about education and they cared about like taking care of mm-hmm. their kids, but they also cared about our passion. So I love that Creighton had got, let my, my parents, my parents were going to let Creighton stay home from school to play Halo Wars. I was going to school still because I, I, I wasn't getting a copy, but, uh, so anyways, uh, a lot of, a lot of game stores, they have incentives for Halo Wars or, or I'm sorry, not Halo Wars. They have incentives for midnight launches. And uh, the incentive at, at video games, et cetera, was large Papa John's pizzas, and they had like they had like eight pizzas in there. And not when enough. Open the doors. <laughs> when they opened the doors for us to come in there, I'm not buying a copy. My brother oh, is, but I went in there and I ate yeah. a whole large pizza. <laughs> I ate the whole it's large. Messed up, but it's hilarious. I would like, the same thing. I'm like, hey guys, uh, I'm not buying anything, but I'll eat your entire large. Just ate it myself, and my brother's Ooh. looking at me like, you fat. Yeah. Ass. You know. <laughs> Ooh, da, 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 pepperoni. Oh. Um, yeah, so that was fun. And then we got the copy, and we went home. And at that point, got home at 1230. I had to get up for school in the morning. For high, so I, I went right to bed when Creighton started playing it. And I woke up the next morning, and I would tell you guys if I was lying. I was, and I was legitimately sick the next morning. I was, like, running nose, eyes were irritated. I was really sick. So I stayed home, too. And I just laid on the couch under a blanket and watched my brother play it. And I was, like, I was getting jealous because I was like, man... This is cool. Like the cutscenes are badass, and like this is more Halo. I'm like, I'm like, sure, it's an RTS spinoff, but it is more Halo story. So, 
I was really like engrossed in that, and uh, my brother loved it. And I think my I think my brother and I had a way higher. This was back before we kind of got a little more critical about things. We had a really high opinion of the game. We thought it was amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I bought it soon after, and we both really enjoyed it. So that's kind of where we were Man, at. I love hearing that. Actually, I feel like out of all, like, I hear so many of these Halo stories of you back in the day. I've never heard that one of you just lying on the couch and. Oh really? Play that. I mean, it, to be fair, we don't. Yeah. We haven't really. Now that I've beaten it, we can kind of talk more about this stuff. But yeah, shoot, but. And like Justin, I don't think I don't know if Justin ever got around to playing it, but he I don't think I think he might have played like the the demo. Okay. But yeah, there wasn't much. There was definitely hype in the Halo fan base, but there wasn't like any hype noticeably in like my entire high school and my friends. I, I didn't hear anyone. Was there about ever it. a sense of like, oh, Halo is like as we know it is done, and now we're kind of moving into this new? No, no. I feel like I I never heard the the doomed Halo speak till Reach's multiplayer came out. That's when that started. People are like, uh, armor lock, uh, you know, loadouts. It's, it's interesting really to see how much that is just universally hated now. Like at this point. Yeah, like I yeah. mean, you told you you kind of like introduced me into that when I was get back into Halo a couple years back, but like I didn't really once I went to use it, I was like, This is messed up. And I was like, It's it's neat to see that bit people are like, Yeah, this is bad. You guys should not have done this, but well, it's a, it's a shame that 343 takes 99.9% of the beating for, quote-unquote, the downfall of Halo, because it was definitely... No, you're right. I never, never factored that in, and you pointed that out. You were 100% right. Yeah. 100% right. But, uh, dude, I, I love hearing that. Uh, yeah, okay, so I, I, I'm, I like, kind of split with this game, I gotta say, guys. Like, I, I overall, I, I think I, I very much enjoyed it, and uh, the bad stuff isn't really that bad. I Like, it, you only, I guess... Bad stuff I have to say is it feels like a very uninspired, more generic Halo, you know, and uh, obviously it was developed by Ensemble Studios. They were on their way out. I think they literally left. They were like, they were dissolved after this game was done. I think they might have done they a little bit on DLC. DLC. Yeah. They worked on DLC afterwards, but they were, it wasn't as Ensemble. It was as a, a skeleton crew under the Yeah, so, so it's kind of it's kind of sad in a way that that's their, that, that was their final product and stuff like that, but uh so by all accounts, that's not necessarily bad. It it comes with just like Halo Four feels. Halo Four and Five feel different than the Bungie stuff, you know, and whatnot. They're all gonna feel different, no matter what developer does it. But um, I feel like as I was playing it, knowing that this was a game that had um, a, a sort of trouble development cycle because it didn't originally start as a Halo game, and then it, they had to do that and stuff. I I don't feel like it's it's rushed or anything. It feels very polished, but uh, it just it, it doesn't have um. Doesn't quite have the the depth that I feel like with you know with a lot of other Halos, and uh, so one of the first things I was didn't have the depth, but I, I get the vibe that it feels like it was built as Halo from the ground up. I get that well, vibe. it's still yeah. I was gonna say like it's still it's still interesting. Like like uh, some of the stuff I thought was really cool was like just how all the different vehicles work. Like using Warthog, you know, like you can like press like X to attack or Y, and Y they'll use like their their um, yeah. rocket launchers or they'll use their missiles or like for, for Warthog they're literally straight up ram them and I'm like that's cool mm-hmm. you know and yeah. like how you could research gunners and all these like different um, like the Gauss cannon and you could upgrade they introduced yeah, a lot of I was just gonna say for vehicles like I've never seen the Cobra I've never seen like the Wolverine and all this stuff and I was like I, I was gonna ask you like we have not right like we haven't seen that in another Halo game correct not in the game I was like no, I would, I would I really like to, to see those yeah, to me, like, they're really well done uh, vehicles that fit the universe. And they're also in Halo Wars 2 again. So, like, in my book, put them in Infinite. That would be I mean, super cool. Yeah, I thought I thought stuff like that was, like, really cool. It was fun to play. It was honestly, like, the more I played it 
and I got back into like an RTS sort of frame of mind, um, mm-hmm. I was definitely enjoying myself. And I was telling Brian, like kind of around like the midway point of the game, I was like really, I was, I was genuinely starting to get like more, uh, I guess attached to the characters and stuff like that. So really the only negatives is just the fact that it's, you know, I think out of all the Halo, the official Halo games I've played, it doesn't feel as a, it has its own unique feel, which is still great, but it does, it feels more on the, the generic side for me. It sort of feels like it was like, you know, they're trying to make an RTS Halo game and how do you make that? And you have so many things to factor in how to make this game, but it just feels like it just kind of missed it missed the mark on really coming up with the character. Like, like someone... Okay, someone... I'm just going to move right into this. One of the, th- the first things I want to talk about is character Forge, who I actually really like. Now, like, on the negative side, I guess, I feel like, okay, this is a one-dimensional... This guy is like the Chris Pratt. And I like Chris Pratt, but he's like the Chris Pratt of Halo Wars, where he's like, you know, he's sort of that uh, quick-witted, sort of, like, like tough guy and uh, makes the big sacrifice play. But I really like the character of Forge, you know? At the same time, like, how, how do you feel about Forge? Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, I feel like, like, okay, so like to preface, guys, I really enjoy Halo Wars. I think Halo Wars is a good game. Um, I like playing it. I like the characters. But I agree with Josh that I, I think it's, I mean, it's pretty obvious to me. It's it's a very bland, uninspired. It's basically like, let's put you in the Halo universe and let's, let's do play it like an RTS and give you very baseline characters and moments yeah, to get and you from point to a to be point fair point. I, i'm sorry to cut in but to be fair like they still do a good job of like like there's the flood there there's there's you know you have one of the prophets in there you have an arbiter in there you have like like there's a lot of things they pull from lore that like it does very much make it still feel connected like I, i'll say this despite what i've said about it feeling uninspired it never feels like entirely too just disjointed to me or anything like that you know what I mean? It still feels like it has its place. Yeah, no, if it feels cohesive and it feels well done. It's just it never there's never a character or a moment in the story where you're like, Whoa, that was amazing. Yeah. There's never there's never a two scarabs moment or a um, you know, any of those big moments, you know, from from the original right. Halo games. Yeah, but um uh, but with Forge, I was like, you know what? At first it was like, ah, this guy's just like it it looks like someone went in. They were like, guys, we need a we need a face for this guy. What's he look like? So it was like, oh, let me let me boot up Madden and let me go in the the, the face select. Oh, yeah. Number one, number one. I love that look. Number one. That's we got what we need. He's just got the most generic, yep. basic looking face. There's no like. I'm not saying he needs scars or anything. I understand being in the military, he's not going to have like long flowing hair, luscious locks or something like that. But like, mm-hmm. he just yeah. feels a little. He he looks a little on the generic side. Stereotypical. Like, the more I played it, yeah. the more I was like, you know what? I actually kind of like this guy. And I thought at the end of it, I'm like. Dude, like I'm not gonna swear, but I was like, it's pretty messed up how he goes out. Like he literally makes the big sacrifice play, but like mm-hmm. there's red team right there, and the last thing he sees is these doors are closing in on him. Is red team, and it's like that just seems horrifying to me. That that's right. Like why? Right? You think red team would make a sacrifice play? Yeah, but him. yeah. yeah. I, I mean, true. I did think that, but the, but then at the same, but I'm just thinking in general. Even if it was red team, like literally, like you, you didn't necessarily wake up that day thinking, you know, he might have woke up that day thinking, hey, I, I might, I, I, I might die today. But like, yeah, you know, I, I, you don't, you don't wake up and think, hey, I might become enclosed in this wall. Uh, this, uh, I'm going to see the sun for the last time today. I'm going to be, be enclosed in this sort of room and. uh I'm going to be able to help my friends make this sacrifice play, but uh, it's going to kill me. And this is, 
I spend my last moments not together with any of my brothers in arms, but by myself enclosed in this room. That just seems so horrifying. To, yeah, to play to play devil's advocate, though, in my opinion, if if we had finished the game and and Forge had lived, I think I, I don't think I'd like him as much. Yeah, because I he's so bla- I, he's I so plain. It. I mean, you know, it makes it it makes him more likable the fact that he made the sacrifice hero play. That's and the true. fact that they don't bring him back in the second game. I thought, oh, like, they didn't. Oh, okay, you know, I figured, I've never heard anything about him in yeah. the second, so I figured. I'm like, if he comes back, I'm gonna be like, no, I really don't like yeah. him. Like he had to die. to me, he had to die. Uh, it's kind of like, um, you know, people say like uh, Kylo Ren had to die to be redeemed. Well. Forge had to die to be a character that that is anything more than just average. Yeah. I mean, because he had that like badass like, hey, I'm I'm not necessarily as big as some of these like elites and stuff like that, but I'm still gonna yeah. make like I can hold yeah, my I can own. hold my own, and I'm still gonna make uh, have banter and witty remarks and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. uh, dude, I, I'm, I was gonna ask you too because I'm a little I'm a little loosey goosey on this, but the the thing that I think has always confused me about it is like. The main, like, Halo Combat Evolved takes place in, like, what, 2552? Okay, so then, this is, like, 20 years prior. When did the yeah. Spartan program start? Like, was it... Okay, well, like, we went over this a little bit in the yeah. last episode. The The manual for Halo Combat Evolved said that uh, contact first contact with the Covenant was 32 years ago. So, this is mm. roughly 10-ish years after. Okay, so they've not been fighting these guys for too but long because- at this point. Well, you also remember in the book, like they didn't create the Spartans to fight Covenant. They they, fought, they created them to fight right. the insurrectionists. So it was they had already the Spartan program was already in progress before the Covenant were were met. It's interesting to think so you it, imagine it just up. the UNSC after meeting the you know having first contact with the Covenant and they're thinking, "Woo, glad you know, wow, good thing we did this Spartan program because wow, we've been wow. in an even worse predicament." Holy yeah. shit, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where the whole, like, cutscene for Halo 4 starts up. She, you know, Dr. Halsey's like, my Spartan saved the human race. Like, she's a criminal because she abducted children and, and in some cases, either killed them from working them too hard or killed them from trying to augment their bodies and then forced them to service. Um, and, you know, she's like, she, you know, and there's so many people who love Halsey and are like, oh, she shouldn't be in prison because she saved the human race. But, like, I'm going to tell you right now, I like Halsey, and I, I feel like if she didn't do what she did, that humanity would have been gone. But if you kidnap my child and leave a flash clone to die so that I can watch my kid die and have to cope while you actually have my kid out there working for you for free, augmenting their body and brainwashing them, I'm going to kill Halsey myself. (laughs) I'm going to stab her eye out. I don't care. I don't give a crap if you save the human race. You abducted my child and put me through hell. Like, there's no I'm only laughing so, to because me, I, she's a I criminal. Just, I'm not used to hearing you say that. But you know what? I think every single person right now would agree with you. I, that's the thing. Yeah, like, that's your, I mean, that's your kid. I'm super attracted to Halsey, and I love her. I love Jenna Taylor's voiceover. But, uh, yeah, when, when I was playing Halo 4 for the first time, and I saw we finally got Halsey, and you can tell she's, like, sort of in this more, like, prisoner sort of, like, uh, experience, I guess, you know, coming off of like Halo Reach and stuff. I was like, yeah, I mean, because I still didn't fully grasp everything, but I knew about the you know, what she had done with the Spartan program and everything. And I was like, it's kind of, yeah, I was going to say, because it seemed like before, just based off what little knowledge I had, I was like, man, it seems like she's kind of gotten off a bit, a bit scot-free. And I'm like, this seems like a super dark thing yeah. to get away with what? at the same time. Like, it's morally... You know what's really sad, dude, is like I just realized how much Hunt the Truth ties into that, the mm-hmm. podcast, Hunt the Truth podcast, because it's like 
you you read you read the books and you know, you know how about how she abducted the children and all that stuff. Then you play Halo Four. You see that opening cutscene where she's like, "My work saved the human race." Then you listen to the reporter and hunt the truth, and he finds out like, "Holy!" He finds out for the public the first time like, "Oh my gosh, they kidnapped children!" And it's this like, I mean, imagine in the real world finding out like. You know, finding out right now that our government was a lot of the military was comp- comprised of children they had abducted and yeah. brainwashed. Well, I think I think even more by extension, like, you know, it, it'd be horrifying to learn that like your child is actually alive and they're this super soldier and they're out there fighting in this war. And in one sense, you're horrible. like your heart would skip a beat because it's like oh, my my son, my daughter's alive, you know. But then it's like the other part is like. You know, if they come back home, they're not going to have any emotional attachment because they've been so ingrained in sort of the the militaristic um, aspect of of what they went through with that Spartan program and just fighting the wars they have. They're not. It's like yeah, they're the same kid, but they're not. They're very much a different person now. You know. Yeah, you wouldn't it, even recognize just, them. And the the Spartan probably wouldn't want to. Yeah, come I mean, uh, we you know, it's I I know it's never really been talked about per se, but like, what would a Spartan do after if there's no war? You know, I mean, it'd be interesting to see that covered. They've kind of tried to start dive into that with right. Chief, but it's it hasn't got flushed yeah, out yet. So, um, so I was going to ask you, Josh, about you know what do you think about all the characters from this game? So you have you have Forge, yeah. Going to get into uh, some of that, Professor Anders. I was say with, well, I'm sorry, and and bring I'm going to have you bring some of them up, but um, okay. Cutter, dude. Every time I see that guy's face, he looks sad, and I literally when I made a note of him, I literally listed it as old sad Cutter, because like he's just <laughs> he. That's probably why they changed his. Look I was gonna say he just game. looks so sad all the time, but he didn't convey that when he spoke, so it just felt it felt weird. That's me being super analytical, but it's not a bad thing. I'm just like I felt bad for the guy, yet he always seemed like a good leader in the game. I'm like, he's not saying or doing anything that gives me a reason to think he's sad, but he mm-hmm. just looks sad. But I mean, it kind of adds to the whole like we've seen like like bland, uninspired because he's kind of like typical short hair white yeah, captain and, and and for just typical marine bald-headed yeah. soldier and i don't guys by all means i had a i still had a super fun time with this i don't want to sound like i'm poo-pooing on this but another thing i noticed was that you don't really see like you have the scenes with cutter and anders is the ai correct no anders is the um the woman who oh that's is, right which uh, one's the ai like the ten, uh serena, serena thank you okay so like yeah you have those bridge scenes with them a lot in the game but you never really get to see cutscenes of like them interacting with other soldiers throughout the Spirit of Fire. You never have anything like that. It's very focused on those like primary four characters and the Marines you just see in gameplay. But you don't really see them as much in the cutscenes or get get them to have dialogue and stuff like that. Not that they necessarily need it. I'm just saying like you ne- like I, I don't remember there being a scene where like they went they exited the bridge. And they go kind of into the ship more. I don't think so. And yeah. it's fine. It's not a big deal, but I just kind of... I mean, the game's being developed by Ensemble, and then the cutscenes are being done by Blur. Obviously, they work together, but they are two different people making Correct. two different things. But yeah, uh, as for Cutter, like... No, I actually did like him, and it, it helped playing this even more to think of about his connection with Hood. And I was... I, I just... I like that he's a part of canon because... You know, I remember reading Fall of Reach, and you get to learn of some of the, like, space battle maneuvers. You get to sort of experience them doing that, like with Captain Keys and stuff. And that's not something we have in in the games as much up until, at least for me and my experience, is really Halo Wars. We get to see, like, a ship-to-ship battle. Like, there was literally one I remember in the game where, like, in the cutscene, Spirit of Fire is, like, colliding with the Covenant cruiser, like a vessel. And, yeah. like, I'm just like, whoa, this is crazy. And, like, 
it was really cool to see that because I remember in the book, I didn't necessarily like that. I remember one, some of those parts were, were more on the, the boring side for me because I was very biased. I really wanted to get to the chief centric stuff, but I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. I think back on it, having finished it. And I'm like, that was some cool stuff because like, it'd be cool to see right, more of that. So like, game. because when you play combat evolved, it's neat. You know, Captain Keys is an established dude, but like, you don't necessarily get to see it. Well, like here we get to see Captain Cutter, like all this, how he leads and stuff. And I was like, Dude, this is cool. Like, it makes me excited to get to Halo Wars 2 and see, like, now that this is, like, I, I mean, I always hear how much that this is, like, it's given a lot more personality. It's got, it's very, it's much more, given much more soul to it. I'm like, yeah. man, I can't wait to see his character, like, expanded upon. Even if he just does the same thing, I'm like, I like his character. I really do. Like, he's cemented to me now as a character. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say, man, like, you know, and I, I guess I was going to kind of say this for the end more, but I'll just say it now. Like, I I really like the cast of Halo Wars, and I don't I, – a good chunk of that's probably due to how I feel like they're done even mm-hmm. better in the in the second game. But, like, I want to see them collide with the main games. Like, I would love to – now, I know we've talked about before, like, I don't, I don't want it to be convoluted where we have 32 different characters all on Infinite and it gets lost like, like, like Halo 5 where it's just too much yeah. going on. But I would like to see <clears throat> Cutter me. and um, Professor Anders, and also Professor Anders. She um, she was a like a she trained under Halsey, like the 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 journal that come Halsey's journal that comes with Reach. My jaw is open now. You didn't oh. know that Halsey's journal that comes with Reach talks about her and her student Professor Anders. That's so cool. Yeah, and she so she's like a prodigy of of. Oh my gosh, there's another Halsey. connection. That's so neat. Yeah. So like I, I really I, I want to see more Vanders I want to see more Cutter uh, I want to see Wait, like up. Jerome so, like, and Bungie tied into that because yeah that was that was Bungie they, that, they that got came with, with the Island. collector's edition right of, of yep yep wow that's they cool to see Eric them actually Nyland like to write the journal wow I didn't know they acknowledged that stuff I still thought when Halo well that's the thing is like I've thought about this before off the off the off the podcast Josh we we haven't given Bungie any credit for acknowledging stuff because usually they really didn't but if you think about it. Well, you know more um, than I do on that regard. I didn't know that they actually did. Yeah, yeah, they gave some credit because um, Halo, even in Halo Three, a lot of those lines Cortana says, where she takes over your mm-hmm. screen, that's those are lines from the Fall of Reach book. Oh, that's right, that's right. I remember seeing uh, that somewhere. Then, I didn't realize it when I played it, but it, yeah, you're right. And then, um, and then in War, like yeah, the the journal references Anders. Um, I can't remember if there's any specific ODST references to. To things outside the books, but, hey, that's still pretty um, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, I want to see, and then I want to ask you what you thought. And by the end of Halo Wars, all the Spartans are pretty bland, in my opinion. I was just gonna first talk about them next. But in the second game, I feel like Jerome gets expanded on quite a bit, and the others still feel pretty okay. bland. But Jerome is one of my favorites. You don't, you don't really get that from. I'll be honest with you. It wasn't until I played Halo Wars two that I, I gave a crap about Jerome. Um, so I, I think he's, I think it's just bland Spartan team mostly in the first. Yeah. Game. I was going to say like knowing what comes next, I was like more accepting. I didn't really think about it too much, but like I was a little bummed to see that like for a Spartan team, they don't very one dimensional again, but you know, because yeah, I, yeah. it doesn't bother me at all. doesn't affect what I think of the game or my enjoyment, but I thought I kind of put myself in the shoes of people playing this back in 2009 and I thought, man, how cool was it? initially to see other Spartans because that was our first look at other Spartans. Mm-hmm. But then Indeed. they're very like one dimensional. I mean, in a way they're a lot like chief in a sense, but like they're not, 
they're not given that that intangible kind of uniqueness. See, for me back in 2009, it felt like it felt like they didn't count almost. It felt like discount, made up, fake side. I, I could see that because it's like when I heard the red team, I'm like, oh man, well you know who blue team is. So it's like, what's the opposite of blue? Well, you got red. So it's like. But yeah, red is like the complete opposite. They got just not much there. But you know what? Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. They've cemented themselves with the yeah, second. Yeah, I'll say this. Like, yeah. hey, that end cut scene where you see them literally holding off uh, elites and yeah. fighting them That's was cool. awesome. Super cool. Using them in multiplayer was great because they were super handy. Anytime that Spartan laser went off, I was I was loving it. It was like, <clears throat> excuse me, it was uh, triggering like like nostalgic neurons in my brain. Um, because I would just thought back to Valhalla. I would always push yeah. in multiplayer. I'd always go off that man cannon immediately push for that Spartan laser. And if I got it, I was super accurate with it and I could really hold that middle ground for a long time. So, uh, I, re- I liked red team despite the genericness of them, but I, you know, I, I know what comes next and I don't want to be super harsh on every aspect. So I was, that didn't, that didn't bug me too much, but it was cool. I'll say this. It, it was cool to definitely see other Spartans. Like I, I mean, I think it's okay. You know, I think it's okay to have the feelings you're feeling because for for me, Halo Wars One was a was a likable game that was forgettable. It was pretty much, and even the only thing that makes it less forgettable now to me is Halo Wars 2's existence. Yeah, it does make so. me ten times more excited. I, I will say, guys, I don't know how soon I'm going to play Halo Wars Two. I definitely am going to play it before Infinite comes out, though. So I'm sure Brian and I will have some media discussions on That'd that because be cool. I really can't wait. But it's definitely something I'm eager to move into now. But uh. I'm trying to think. Okay, so like Anders in, you said Serena was the AI. Yeah, yeah. I, like okay, it's weird, dude. I like some people's favorite AI are Serena. I don't. Uh, she she seems so bland she to me. Did too yeah. much for me personally, but yeah. that's cool. Um, yeah. But uh, Anders, dude, she, you know, she, she looked like I could not get out of my head. I cannot remember the actress's name right now. I'm forgetting, but she played Lady Deathstrike in X Men Two. Oh, I, I know you're Kelly. Who about. I think yep. it's Kelly. Who. I, I, I don't remember, know, but, but yeah. yeah, she looked like a video game version of her, and I was I could not get that out of my mind. But that was cool. I was like, you know what? If you were gonna do a movie, you know, how sometimes people like to do like the if this were a movie, who would you cast? I thought I just pictured her throughout the entire time I was playing it, so that was cool. Um, she was she was unique. I mean, is she is she in Halo Wars too? Anders? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That. And how is she in compared to like Cutter and how some things are are, are changed a bit? Um, I feel like I feel like she's the one that resembles her prior self the closest. Okay, um, but she gets expanded upon. Well, um, she's actually, and I think I've already told you, so I'm not really too worried about it. But like, she's the character that that gets at the end of Halo Wars two. Um, she's the character that connects to the mainline games. She gets accidentally teleported to. A Halo ring that Cortana is now controlling after Halo Five. Oh, that's cool. So she's in the mainline Ooh. stuff now. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. So she's the only one that's for sure in the mainline stuff. Uh, I mean, the rest of them are in the mainline time frame, right. but they're not around it. She's actually there. Um, so she's great. Uh, I like that. Uh, I was gonna. It, it, okay, go I was gonna just move us into something else. Uh, kind of the biggest thing I wanted to talk about was. The flood aspect, which to me was a big deal because of the like profoundity of it, if that makes sense. Like, it's you know, this taking place like 20 ish years before Combat Evolved. Yeah. And this is, you know, Spirit of Fire is so isolated, you know, ship wise. I, you know, it, and it's. I love that name. I, I think it's great. I, I really think yeah. it's great. Like, 
again, that's another aspect that to me is just cemented. It's like it's it's canon. I'm not gonna look at this as like yeah, it's another tier totally. canon or no. This is just no, yeah. it's totally canon. I was gonna say, dude, I, this is the thing. This is the thing that bothers me the most about Halo Wars One story. And as time's gone on, I'm, I'm better with it because so many other games have come out. But for me, I don't like that the flow is in this game. Oh, okay. Tell me why. Like I liked, I liked. Well, I liked fighting them, and it was very cool as a Halo fan to see them. But for me, I know it doesn't affect the story at all. But it, it cheapens it a bit. That's fair. That I think that's the, a good. That's a perfect fl- way of putting it. Yeah, when the flood is first discovered in Halo One, you just know that you're the you're the second people to do it. Twenty years later, you know it's not like the forerunners lit the rings and then the flood was was secure all the way until the Covenant released. Yeah, that's Halo game. Nope, it was yeah, done. It was already done. Twenty some years. Yeah, I don't like that I, that's at all. Fair. I was going to say, when I played it, I was like, this is cool, but I was like, it seems weird that it's like, I know it's just jointed, so it doesn't bother me either, but yeah, I think cheapens it is probably the best way. I mean, and it, and it kind of, it's kind of cheapened again a little bit in Halo Wars 2, but it's much more understandable in Halo Wars 2. In Halo Wars 2, they they were good. They go to the Ark, and inside of like the destroyed, almost like, in, almost like encapsulated um, debris of high charity from Halo mm-hmm. 3, they open that, and... Ooh. Flood come out, yeah. some flood spores, and they start to take over. So, like, canonically, it makes a lot more sense to me that, like, oh, you know, these brutes opened up a place that we knew Flood were at from the main Halo games, and it takes place after. Um, I like that better. But then again, it also cheapens it because it's like, I thought Master Chief kind of saved the world at the end of 3. Are you telling me, like, he left some Flood alive still? You kind of messed up there, bro. <laughs> uh, it makes so. me all the more excited to get to, to, to 2. But, yeah, uh, that was interesting, and... uh it's just, is I wonder. I, I'm just. I, I'm. I don't think we'll ever have a, an actual answer to it. But I always just wonder their approach to the game for Halo Wars, like because it's so. It seems very much like they wanted to tell a prequel, but they did it very tactfully in a way that tried to ensure that they're not that nothing they did was going to step on the toes of what we know of what's already been established. Yeah. Like because it's they, so they want it super far. Exactly. Removed. It's it's because yeah. it's not. I mean it's. It's easy to just say, let's do a game that's 20 years in the past, but they also have this ship that is so far removed, like space-wise, and then the cryogenic sleep, which is what I was going to say, too. I knew about that, uh, how it, just how it ends with with them going in the uh, the pods, but, like, it was sad in a way. And I was going to say, can you, like, explain to me, because I didn't really understand, like, why are they going to sleep exactly? Is it just because they're so far out in space or something, or they, they didn't have enough, like, fuel to get home or something? Like, what? What was the deal? Yeah, with that? I thought they were like I thought they were like way far from home with no contact. Mm-hmm. With I don't think they have contact with anyone or a way to get back home. Okay, so no contact and no way to get back home. It's kind of like at the end of the first Alien, Ripley goes into cryo because she has no way to get home and no contact. So she puts out an SOS. She goes into cryo, and then in the movie Aliens, it's been like I can't remember sixty, eighty years or something. Man, do you think that'd be horrifying before anyone found her? Like going before going into the pod, thinking like, well. It would be horrifying as Ripley because she's alone. For me, if I was on the Spirit of Fire with a bunch of other people, I'd it's be a like, all right, we'll all go sleep Cause together. Because yeah. even if you get killed in your sleep, you're not going to know it. You're either going to wake up to someone finding you or die and you'll never know it. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's so true. I wouldn't feel as bad that way. But um, yeah, th- that's the thing like Halo Wars 1 suffers from is, like you said, it wasn't originally set out to be a Halo game. It wasn't something Bungie wanted. It was changed afterwards by Microsoft. And it had to be set off far removed from everything else. So 
it kind of had it's a product of its of its situation it kind of had to be bland it kind of had to not connect anything that's why i think so many people love halo wars too because it's the way it brightened everything up and brought everything together yeah. you know and expanded upon those characters no, i was gonna um, what did you think of the story of halo wars one like what did you think okay of, uh this I mean you know in typical josh fashion i think for me it was harder i didn't quite grasp everything that was going on and I've, I've yeah. now, guys, I've had that with every single Halo. And then I come to learn it after. Talking to Brian, replaying the stuff, I learn it. It'll happen with me with Halo Wars again. But, uh, yeah, I I think I was able to, to understand most of it. But I, that's why I was like, you know what? I know this is so disconnected. I'm like, why are they disconnected? I'm like, why are they going into sleep? Why is the flood here? Like, it's cool, but I was like, why are they here? So, I mean, I was definitely like, it was raising a lot of questions for me. But, uh you know, pacing wise and everything, the story was enjoyable. And like, by the end of it, I really found myself enjoying it. And I actually felt like as it ended, I was just starting to get attached to these characters. So it doesn't knowing that, like we see not just cutter, but some of these other ones in halo wars too, makes me excited. I get Serena not being in with the AI stuff, but like, I'm, I'm excited to see all the new characters and see like Jerome because, you know, I, I mean, that's something you brought up a lot. You keep saying Jerome, Brian, but I'm like, every, every time we say that I'm thinking in my head, like, that's not even, he doesn't even have a name. I don't think they even say his name in Halo Wars One. I could be uh, wrong. I think it's I think when he's in on the battlefield, he's when you click on him, he's listed. okay. Yeah, so you would know more than I would, but yeah, I mean, it's just like I'm happy that this stuff is there. I think it's Jerome, Alice, and Douglas. Okay. I think. Well, and I mean, when you think about it too, it's kind of fair in a way because you look back. I mean, we we talked last episode about combat evolved feeling old now. And you look at the difference in Halo Combat Evolved and how the characters were, and then how the how different things are in Halo Two. It is different. It's very. It's got a different tone. It's got an entirely different feel. And there's a lot more going on with the characters and stuff like that. Like you didn't really in, in Halo Two, you get the Master Chief going boo, you know, but you don't have that in Halo One. So I mean, yeah, it's cool to to know that what comes after. Like I'm so glad. I, I remember being you know, more immersed in games when Halo War 2 got announced and it was huge and people were like so excited for this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that that game turned out as well as it has because it, it makes me, it makes it 10 times more easier to enjoy the Halo Wars 1 experience when you know what comes next and it's an improvement. Yeah. Because I feel like if it was just still on its own, I'd feel like I'd be having a bit more of a different discussion. I feel like I'd be saying this is like, oh, this, this is the sore thumb, and this because I say that yeah. sometimes. So, yeah, but uh, no, and people really want a Halo Wars three, so it just yeah. goes to show like this was totally a great spinoff. No, it was it was cool. I mean, it's I really I really like the idea of how that worked out. Like, I love I love the Spirit of Fire as a ship. That's probably like yeah. my second favorite to Pillar of yeah. Autumn. So, like, I. It's way cooler than Infinity. Yeah, to me. Uh, not trying way to. Cool. Yeah, and we're not even trying to poo-poo on Infinity. I still like Infinity, but like, man, I just think Spirit of Fire is so cool. They went through their own experience, and it's just so. You know, I, I think in in terms of just getting in turn, uh, getting into the the psyche of the characters, like it, it had to be like a harrowing journey, not necessarily horrifying, but like, you know, I mean, you you bond over these kind of like intense experiences in life and like those characters it's like man they had that all their own like yes they're part of the unsc but like spirit of fire had an experience all its own that no one else did so like that's very interesting i i can't wait to get to two to see maybe if if that even if it's subtle kind of like plays a factor yeah you know i was gonna i don't i don't know if it's because like to me we've talked on this touched on this before but like i feel like halo games have never been that good at telling stories and I don't know if I feel that way because I was I was young, like 16, when I played Halo Wars 1, 
or if I feel that way because they legitimately have an issue. Um, because when I played Halo Wars 1, I don't know about you, Josh, but I was really confused by, I was like, okay, that's the Arbiter, but that's not our Arbiter. And then I'm like, that's, that's a prophet, but I don't think it's the prophet of truth. And if it was the prophet of truth, can he be there yeah. and be? Yeah, Halo we haven't talked about that. Or Halo 2. I was so confused. Like I, and I, I was a big Halo fan who'd already played the three Halo games and I was 16. It wasn't like I was a little tiny kid. But I just didn't get it. I'm like, okay, that's not the same order, but what, what actually, profit Okay, is that? now what that's something think? I thought was cool. I, I get where you're coming from, though. But I thought it was cool because I was like, okay, so this was like the Arbiter before the Arbiter, you know? Like, yeah. Because I just... What, what is... I always forget. What is uh, Arbiter's name? Isn't it like Thel? Yeah, Thel Yeah, Thel thank you. Is, I was going to say, I always just Arbiter, yeah. think of him as the Arbiter. But yeah, it was cool to to see how this Arbiter was and how different he is. And uh, a little more radical, definitely a little more uh, or a lot more. Yeah, yeah. a lot more radical and uh, just very, very uh, driven, I guess you could say very driven. And uh, it was just that was cool. The prophet, I mean, I was like, you know, I, I didn't think I don't have too much to say on him other than just that, like, it was cool to see a prophet in there. Definitely. And I, it, can't remember, was he, I think it was the prophet. of. Regret, yeah, I think it? so. And because he yeah. was he was one of the he was definitely an established one. But. I mean, it's definitely cool. Like, hats off to Ensemble for, you know, who knows? I, I can't remember factually how long a time they actually had when they found out, when they learned that they had to make a Halo RCS. But, like, hats off to them for doing as much as they could have with the lore. Like, there's so like it's so much to be said about all these different inclusions. Like, yeah, I mean, they could have just done a Halo game that really, like, had all these, like, maybe a couple tiny, like, familiar, familiar, like, aspects and then like you have like the new vehicles like i said like the cobra and the wolverine and a lot of these other vehicles like the hawk i think was another one but like you know you also have you also have a lot of familiar things that have come before like you have the the forerunner stuff you have the flood you have prophet you have an arbiter you have spartans in there you know what i mean like maybe maybe i feel like someone could make the argument and say well josh you know that's that stuff is synonymous with Halo as a as a, as a universe, but uh, yeah. But at the same time, I feel like man, it, they probably had they probably didn't have that long of a time, and it's like they could have very much made a game that that came out and felt very disconnected. But like, Con- considering all things, they knocked yeah, out. Yeah, well, really, I mean, Halo I mean, lore it is wasn't so, intended to be that game. Bungie didn't want. There's it. so much lore I mean, for Halo in a good way. Yeah, and like, yeah. Man, they did pretty good with like incorporating yeah. a lot of stuff that's been established into their very own story in a short amount of time given what issues they kind of like were faced with. So like hats off to Ensemble for kind of going out with a bang. I mean, I hope those people feel like super good, you know, despite the fallout of that company. I hope the people feel super proud knowing the sort of cult hit it became. And the fact that it led they to a created sequel. a great yeah you no know? they created a great base of characters and new stuff like I know this you know I I, I don't want to like I never want to hate on the same stuff that gets hated all the time but like I feel personally more attached and it, it helps because of Halo Wars too like you probably don't feel this way but I feel more attached to the Spirit of Fire crew than I do Team Osiris oh I do and too. And, it, and, and and Team Osiris is very intentionally and very intentionally meant to be characters you're supposed to like. Where this, like we said, this game was just like you know we we we're, we're taking a game that wasn't intended to be Halo, 
we're making it against the wishes of Bungie, and we we have to make it so far removed from the other Halo games. Yet still, I love these characters so much, and you know, especially if we end up seeing any of these characters in Infinite or in the mainline titles going forward, I'm just so glad that we got. Yeah, them, me too. Know? Me too. I when it comes to Osiris, I feel like that's that's just a problem of bringing in. You try to bring in like the the new cast, the the new generation, and like you try to force. It's it's harsh. It's going to sound harsh saying this, but you almost kind of like force it down the people's like throats, you know? Yeah. Good. It's too much. A good example of this for me is like when Mortal Kombat X came out. They had you finally got to play as like they they had the children of like Jax. They had children of like Sonya Blade and Johnny Cage, and you got to play as like a lot of these a lot of their kids as well as the originals. But the main story introduces a villain from Mortal Kombat Four named Shinnok. And when you get to the end of the story, the person who saves the day is Cassie Cage, the daughter of Sonya and Johnny. Now, I like Cassie Cage as a character, but it soured me on the fact that, like, man, you want to know how to make me really not like your new characters? Make them the saviors. You know, I, I don't like that personally. Yeah. But now yeah. she's a great character. She kicks ass. But it's too soon yeah, for that. But yeah, know. it was too soon for it. That's all. Because like everything that came after Mortal Kombat 11 is great. But my point is, is that they introduced this new cast in Halo 5 Guardians, and you have you know Fireteam Osiris, and you play through as them. Well, you're hunting the chief from the outset, which just is like, it seems weird. It sounds cool, but the execution isn't as fun for most people. It- Go ahead, Brian. I can tell you what's. It something. makes sense. It makes sense that Halo Wars has an all new set of characters because it's in a whole different genre and a whole different time right. period. Like you're gonna have new characters, but for Halo Five, it's like here is, you know, well, I was gonna say four new characters on Osiris, but you already know Buck, I guess. And then I was gonna say, in a sense, three new characters on That's Blue true. Team because so many true, people definitely. don't know them. So it's like here's all these main characters we're throwing into the mainline title. Like you shouldn't. Like, if you gave us a game, like, we've talked about this before, if you gave us a game about Team Osiris, like, if you just didn't put, didn't call it Halo 5, and you didn't put Master Chief in there, then it could be, like, like, even the people who didn't like Halo, even even the people who didn't like Team Osiris Uh wouldn't be as mad, because you're like, oh, you know that one spinoff game with Team Osiris? Yeah, I didn't really like them. But it's okay, it's a spinoff game. But instead, they're like, this is my main game. This is my Master Chief game. And they made me play as these characters I don't like. They just didn't go. Yeah, it's tough when you're trying to like put over new characters or you're trying to you're trying to put over new characters and you have to use like characters you're familiar with. It's a it's a tough line to walk and I think it can work, but a lot of times it doesn't because it's like you're kind of treading you kinda have how do you make these characters look badass and feel significant and stuff like that? And the the end result is usually let's have them somehow make a foothold over characters where we come to know and love. So in Halo Wars 1, you don't have any of that going on. They're able to just be established on their own, uh, separately uh, isolated from what we've come to know and love of, of other characters. But dude, I was going to ask you, you made me think of something. And, and guys, I'm, I, I feel like you'll probably hear me bring this up a lot on the show, but I am always mentally trying to piece together just at what point, because there had been a point with Halo 5's development that something shifted, something changed. And I was going to say, Brian, do you think it's at all possible when Master Chief Collection came out and it had the reception it had with its launch? Do you feel like, because there's a, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. There's a part of me that feels like this was, Halo 5 Guardians was intentionally, in its inception, a spinoff game, maybe. I don't. I don't think. I now. I wish I could bring up where I got this information okay. from, but I don't remember. But I'm almost a hundred percent positive 
that insiders insider details said that when we got our original do you remember the original Halo 5 pitch uh before it had the the name Guardians on the end it was a uh, chief with yeah. the cloak out yeah. in the sand I, w- I I read I heard that internally at that point in development you were to switch off between chief and Locke. there was no other characters there was no teams there was no squads huh. It was is it just entirely even locked like Arbiter? Is it chief. entirely possible though that they just didn't want to give that part of the information away? Like that that was maybe something that was always there, or did it actually seem? However, that was worded. No, I, I I read that it was later in development they they decided to shift towards the squad stuff, and that's when they hired Team Lo- T- Tim Longo oh, on and stuff. Okay. Like that was a, that originally was just going to be Locke. Well, do you think any of that? Like, I mean, I know we're deviating a bit, but do you feel like any of that was a result of how Master Chief Collection launched? Because that was. Late 2014, and we still had about no, just less than I a think, year. I think that the I team they had, like they, but I'm just curious. They had, they had a different. The team that did Halo One anniversary for the 360, they're the team that did MCC. So I think, I think the project was just way too ambitious for a side team. And MCC is not a t- no. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I guess team, yeah. I, I I didn't ask you, right, Brian. I'm sorry. Uh, what I mean is, I don't necessarily mean the the internal teams that were working on it, but I just mean in terms of like the game. Like MCC came out, it launched, and it was just. A great experience overall but like when it worked you know right yeah, so that yeah. that part that was the poor part and so i guess me mentally thinking if this was possibly an entirely different game at one point for halo 5 did you feel like that was the breaking point where something might have shifted as a result of what was going on like maybe they had a plan set in stone for what Halo 5 was going to oh, be. Oh, when they decided the, to make MCC? No, I, no I'm, so, I'm sorry. What, what I'm saying... I'm so confused. I, I'm sorry, Brian. Josh. Do you feel like when Halo MCC released that they shifted something that it made because of how it resulted, that they, it made them the team overall at 343 shift something different? With I, I don't think so at all because it's only a year, Josh. Well, I don't think... I, 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 don't, I guess I don't mean it. I, I don't think they would necessarily do anything huge. Okay. But... I don't know. It's just hard for me to buy that Halo Five Guardians wasn't maybe at least at one point maybe a spinoff type game. Uh, I don't think. I honestly, there's no part of me that thinks it was. A- uh, yeah, and don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to imply that. Like, I think in 2014 that they're like, shit, <laughs> we gotta figure something yeah. out, like, change it yeah. up, change everything. But I'm just, you know, it's just, it's just interesting to see. Uh, see, I have a completely different look at it, Josh. I think what happened was they. Were very ambitious after four and kicking themselves right into Halo Five, and by the time Halo, 5, think about this: Halo Five was announced like seven months after Halo Four released, which means they were already working on stuff for Halo Five, obviously at that point, and there wasn't enough time it had passed yet with like all the negativity Halo Four got, both from its campaign, its characters, its multiplayer. There hadn't been enough time for Halo 4 to settle yet for it to lose its player base and everything. So when they announced Halo 5, I think they were still pretty confident in what they put out with Halo 4. And when they announced Halo 5, I think they were fully ready to go in a direction with Master Chief and we don't even I don't even know if Locke was there when they announced Halo 5. You know, they when they when they announced that trailer with Halo No, like I, well we don't know, but like oh, I don't I think Locke was that. even intended. Yeah, I think it was just going to be Chief on his journey from Halo 4. But I think as time went on and there was such a bad backlash to Halo 4, I think they, they kept changing their ideas. They changed their direction. You know, we talked about this, like the Spartan Ops, the Escalation comics, they changed their direction there. They got Tim Longo, they did the squad stuff, that changed their direction there. I think the direction had changed so much from where they started 
that it just ended up resulting in looking more like a spinoff because of all the change. You know, it's like it's one of those deals where it's like, oh, I want to I want to build a house that looks like this. But then you make a change, a change, a change, a change, a change, a change. By the time you get to the end, the house looks nothing like what you set out to make it to be. And then where you're saying like MCC came out. What what I see is MCC came out and it was broken as all heck and it didn't really get fixed till 2018. I think what happened was MCC came out. It was way too ambitious. It was way too broken oh, for them I to invest. Agree. Yeah, Shouldn't, way too broken for them to invest the time, time in. They not pretty enough. much let MCC. They sent MCC to die until after five came out. If you look at it, MCC came out. It was broken. They put a few patches out there, gave us ODST for free, and then they pretty much said, "Sorry guys, we got to finish Halo Five. And they just let MCC fall by the wayside. MCC was a broken pile uh, all the way till 2018. Um, well, so I, I think. No, yeah. just to summarize, because we're gonna we're gonna wrap up closing thoughts, guys, on Halo Wars and move into some Q and A stuff. But uh, so, just to summarize, you don't you don't feel like personally that any part of Halo 5's development was affected by what happened with the launch of MCC. MCC. That's pretty much what I'm asking. Personally, I I okay. don't. Okay, Personally. no, fair enough. I mean, you doesn't would know mean, more than I would right, all that though, stuff. It's yeah. just when I was, you know, that was one of the things when we did our retrospective episode. There's not really any. I mean, maybe maybe it's out there, but I didn't really ever see anything concrete regarding um, how it was promoted versus how the end product was. You know, I, there wasn't any concrete internal like shifting that I that I came across. So. Yeah, I, I think if you think about it, most of MCC now obviously they had to be involved, but most of MCC wasn't even done by three four three. Uh, Halo One anniversary was already done. Halo Two anniversary was done there were by a lot Saber of cooks Interactive. In the kitchen, man. Yeah, uh, Halo Three and Four ports were done by Ruffian Games. Blur did all the cinematics for Halo Two. Certain Affinity did the multiplayer maps for Halo Two anniversary. Uh, I think Three Four Three was basically responsible for managing the project and creating the main menu. You know, I don't think there was anything really else there. Fair. So. Uh, and then they, the, the terminals that came with Halo Two, those were done by uh, so another good. company that I can't man can't Halo, remember Halo, off the top of my head. Inter- Halo One so. and Two anniversaries terminals are just so enjoyable to me. Oh but, yeah, those uh, are great. Those yeah, are great. closing thoughts on it. And fours, fours are the same. Are just as oh, good fours are pretty actually. good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, closing thoughts on Halo Wars, guys. Uh, again, what's your final score? Final score, like out of ten or five? Out of well, whatever. you mm, Let's do out of ten because I usually go out of fives. Uh, probably say. Ooh, six out of ten. Five, that's a five or I thought, a six. I, I predicted. 10. I predicted you'd give it a six. For me, it's a seven. Okay, it's 10. definitely fair. I'm just. I think the only thing that's stopping it from that the last four, you know, getting getting to that ten out of ten, it's just the the uninspired gameplay. I think the gameplay, or I'm sorry, the uninspired story or in characters and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. I was, the gameplay is super fun. It feels good. It is not confusing. It is super easy to pick up and play. It's very accessible. It's, console, it's, it's incredibly yeah. accessible. I cannot express that enough. Like if you're someone listening to this right now and you're thinking to yourself, ah, you know, like I love Halo so much. I read the books and everything too, but like, I've just never been able to, you know, I just watched the blur cut scenes online Hey, man, I actually did that, too, a long time ago, with, and I didn't understand the context. Yep. But, like, listen, it's it's on Game Pass, um, and it's it's usually, like, I, I think it might only be 10 bucks to actually buy it. But, like, I definitely recommend it to you because, like, it's very fun. It's not difficult to play at all. I'm someone, 
Brian and I are very different with the RTSs. Like he 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 plays a lot of that stuff, and I don't. And I, I can honestly say like that was not difficult. And it even if you took Halo and removed all that from it, super easy to play. Mm-hmm. Super easy. I, I love that. That's episode. what I was about to say. I think the word, I think the negative word that describes Halo Wars One is shallow. It's an extremely shallow game. All the characters are shallow, the story's shallow, and the gameplay is shallow. Now, I know that sounds really really bad, but like the gameplay is good and it's fun and it's set out the way it's designed to be played. But like, if you're a I don't want to use the word veteran because I'm not good at them. I just mean veteran as in I've been playing them since I was a little kid. But if you're an RTS veteran like me, you played StarCraft, Warcraft. I mean, Con- I've been in this fight since I was six years old. Right, yeah. Uh, Command and Conquer, Age of Empires. If you played those games, they're so much deeper than Halo Wars. Basically, like, if the depth is way down here, mm-hmm. like, Halo Wars brings it to surface level. Like, when you're playing, when I'm playing StarCraft, I pick where the buildings go. I pick where units come out of. I pick my where my base is at. I pick, you know... All these different upgrades, all these different controls, hotkeys, micromanagement, you know, it is so much deeper. So you play Halo Wars 1, you have this little square with, you know, you may build all the buildings in the same spot. It's very simplistic. You know, the whole game is just, you know, somewhat intentionally, somewhat not. It's just kind of shallow. It's not not very deep. Um, So that keeps it from being something, like if somebody says, Brian, what are the Halo games I need to play? I would never say Halo Wars 1. And 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 because of that, because of that, I'd probably never say Halo Wars two either. They're not essential, but I love them. And, I, and you know, if I if I'm a Halo, if I'm a, come to you guys as a Halo fan, I'm like, I love Halo Wars. It's so great. You gotta play them. But if someone's like, what's essential? I no, get that. They're not. I get that. It's not essential. I get yeah. that. You know what? That's all. That's 100 percent fair. I feel like on the flip side, um, to play devil's advocate to some of the stuff I've said earlier, like I feel like that's actually that game itself is just a really nice, comfortable entry point into just rts's in general because it it, i agree i I can tell there's depth there like uh, you know i didn't i didn't touch the the extra modes outside of the campaign guys but like i can tell there's there's enough there but at the same time it just seems so easy to pick up that i just i don't think anyone having not really been familiar with rts's or or being a bit intimidated by them i don't think you guys would have an issue with that because i didn't but uh aside i actually have heard i've heard of several people who they only play Halo Wars. That they're just a fan of. That's those awesome. Games. They don't play that's regular. They don't really like first-person cool. shooters. Very cool. I think that's really cool. Uh, too. But yeah, I actually, I, I, you know what? Despite what I said about the uninspired stuff, it, it, by the end of the game, I was really starting to like these characters and getting attached to them. And I felt for Forge with him dying, despite, you know, mm-hmm. not. You know, his daughter's in a book too. Oh, that's awesome. Did not her know name, that. Her name's Rion Forge. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah. Uh, definitely makes me excited to get to Halo Wars 2. I'm so glad this game is a thing. I'm glad I finally got to experience it 11 years after its release. It feels good to... It holds up pretty well, doesn't it? Yeah. I feel like I got a nice sense of closure having played this game. You know what I mean? Like, it's just been that part of Halo that's always been out there, but I didn't quite understand and i'm really happy to to have that experience. What's your brutally honest opinion on, like, if I said, Josh, will you ever replay this? No. You'll never okay. You'll never. I would re. I would uh, absolutely yeah. rewatch all the cutscenes. Yeah, because I think that's fair. I mean, that's fair. Well, I just and the only reason I, the only reason I say that is because the the contextual dialogue that you get while actually playing the game isn't so significant enough that I feel like I'm going to be mm-hmm. missing it, be missing yeah. that experience by not actually playing it when I want to like re get a refresh on that story. I think the cutscenes will be enough now, but it's possible. 
I just don't think that I don't think I'm going to go and replay it again. Yeah, but I, uh, I don't replay I, a lot I, of my games in general. So I replay games a lot. I can say that this is definitely a game that I won't replay much. But so like I think it'll be because I just replayed it this year as well. I think it'll be 10 plus years before I replay it again. So I think I will replay it again. But I'm gonna oh. really have to like when I pl- go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I won't forget. I'll I won't forget. It just you when, think of something. When I decided to play it this year, I decided to play it because I'm like, huh? It's been like ten years. Like I, I'll do this. Yes, you could say so it's I played it. Been a while. Been a while since I've heard. I don't know how the rest <laughs> of that even goes. Uh, <laughs> but um, but the the weird thing is though, because I was so uh, such an obsessive Halo fanboy as a when I was younger. I think I have beat Halo Wars 1 probably five plus times because what I used to do was like, I'm going to do a Halo Marathon. I got to play Halo Wars 1, then I got to play Halo Combat That's 12. Cool. So I, 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 I played that. it quite a bit. But we're going to no, say last thing, Last thing I was going to say, we didn't even talk about this. The score, guys. Uh, this is the first time at this point in time that we got a Halo game that didn't have Marty O'Donnell or Michael Salvatore involved. It was pretty good, and like, I think. You know what? It's got its own different flow. I remember hearing the soundtrack before I'd actually played the full game and I thought, yeah. I'm like, parts of it I actually like. And then uh, I like the main. A lot of it, I'm like, "Mm." but you know what? When I was actually playing the game and that music's playing in the background, I'm like, I'm feeling it. I'm like, yeah, it's got this kind of like, while I'm sitting there creating and upgrading all this stuff and that music's playing, like, I'm digging it. It's got a different feel. It feels Halo. It doesn't feel the same. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, I I would say it feels. I love. Go oh, ahead. I think we're going. We're about to say the same thing. Hot take, but that that score feels more Halo than Halo Five Guardians. Ooh, you know what? I agree with that, but I was actually going to come to your side and say, even though I love Halo 4, it sounds more Halo than Halo Well, I was going to say that too, but I, I feel like... Four, yeah. Yeah. 4 and 5, it sounds, it sounds I don't more wanna, Halo I don't want to poo-poo on Halo 4 because I feel like that one, that game is aging like fine wine. I don't think it was bad yeah, for me. I, I love Halo I just, 4 soundtrack, but it does not sound near as much like Halo. Yeah, the only thing that the only thing that does it for me is that, yeah, because it's literally like the, it's like a, it's like a, a different version, a different take on the, oh, so... Uh, but yeah, overall, guys. I think Halo Four reeks confidence. Oh, it that, does. Like three, four, three came in with such confidence on that, and then I feel like they just started. Just you know, Brian. Conf- it's like a, it's like a, it was like a, a full rack of ribs. Like the meat started to fall off the bone afterwards. Like they came <laughs> in hot, and then the the confidence kind of kind of fell off. They're kind of getting it back yeah. now. You know? you know, we'll probably talk about this in an episode down the line. But like, I actually got. Uh, I was gonna tell you, Brian. Like, dude, I'm actually at a point now where I get a little bit nostalgic for the multiplayer in Halo Four. Like. It's weird. Yeah, it's my no, least favorite. Well, yeah. Okay, gameplay wise, it's not. But I think, like I, Halo Combat of Ultimate, least, or... it's just how it was structured like that, and the ordnance drops, yeah. and the customization, all that. I guess here's okay. Here, I can tell you what it is right here, okay. Josh. Halo Four multiplayer is more fun. Halo Four multiplayer is more fun to play than Combat Evolved. True, I've... but it's not as. But it's nowhere near as genuine. Yeah. Halo Four is not. See, genuine guys, this is why I love. It's not very. One of the reasons I love Brian is because. I'll spend 15 minutes trying to describe something, and Brian will be like, hang on, hang on. I don't want to cut you off, Josh, but I can literally sum this up in like 10 seconds. Genuine. Yeah. No, that's perfect, though. But yeah, I'm actually at a, a really good point with Halo 4. But uh, yeah, uh, overall, guys, it was super fun. Uh, I feel Glad so great that I got to play it finally, and I cannot wait. I'm so happy, personally, that I have not even... like. Not only have I not played Halo Wars 2, guys, but I have also steered clear of, like, the cutscenes. Um, just about, like, I, I've probably seen brief snippets of, like, some gameplay, but I've really even stayed away from that. So, I've wanted my experience with that one specifically over the years to be wholly fresh. So, I'm very excited to to play that. Can I, can I tell you that I really feel, like, 
I feel like you have to you have to play the deal. The, oh, it's a full campaign. I'll buy the complete the edition yeah. for sure. Like yeah, I will not that. skimp on that. Yeah. You know me anyway. Because I, I it's have not to. like it's it's not like some side mission that's pointless. It's like you need that's that's the ending. You need that. Like so. All right, Josh, you ready for some questions Heck and answers? Yes. Give me the give me the typical questions the and answers. Questions so. and answers draw from the Twitter. Mm, man, the confidence that oh, just comes exuding it. out of you there. Love it. How, how, Actually, no, 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 no. Let me see how a redneck would do this. The questions and answers to write from the Twitter. Ooh, that's it's good, how would, but that's bad. How would how would it be if it was uh, if it was wrapped? Let's see. Oh man, I'm thinking like nine questions. Like, the questions, the answers, and answers derived from the Twitter. Uh, Twitter, Twitter. Uh. <laughs> uh, before we get into the questions and answers, though, we got a question from Ian Big Dog Mills. Ian. It's a good. It's a good question. He says, "What would the franchise look like without the death of Johnson or Miranda Keys? Do you feel like three four three had a hard time filling the spaces that were left from those characters?" Man, that's a good one. That is a great question because honestly, I, I feel like yeah. The short answer, yes. Yep. The long answer is that I agree. You know, like there's a part of me that wants to say I don't. I don't feel like. I feel like you know if they try to make characters that were kind of like carbon copies of them to sort of fill that void i could see myself now at this point making the complaint like yeah they're just carbon copies man that's all they are you know they just Mm -hmm. they're just they were like we don't know how to continue the story without them so we just made new versions of them but like you know uh, i'm glad in a way they didn't go down that route but i'm like it does feel like when i when i think more more Johnson, but I think even Miranda as well. Like I really kind of miss the certain charm that was brought to Bun or I'm sorry, not necessarily not necessarily Bunchy. But I always felt like Miranda was like a, a, a like I always felt like Johnson was like her godfather. Yeah, I, I can see that, and I really liked. You know, we don't. Uh, it's something we haven't talked about a lot either. But really like Miranda Keys, you know, and like. It's it's easy for me to say I like her more than Captain Keys because she's got more screen time and all that. But like, I just I loved that in Halo too. I loved that like it literally opens with her getting a medal, you know, in honor of her dad and stuff like that. And I just think that's so cool because of like, you know, when you when you finish Halo Combat Evolved, he's dead and it sucks and you're you're kind of leaderless. But then you get to Halo uh, Halo Two and it's like. Oh, but he had a daughter, and it's like, oh, this is cool. She's like following in his yeah. footsteps, and like, and then I, you eventually find out Halsey was the mom. Yeah, I'm like, man, it's. I love that though. I love that. I love that family it is tree cool. aspect. Yeah, I feel like it, I feel like it's like you know what? I feel like Lasky is a great addition from three four three, and he kind of. I wouldn't say he like fills Miranda's spot, but like if we had a Johnson spot filled, like he could kind of be that. You know what I mean? Do you mean like so, he could be more than Miranda's spot, or are you saying he could? Yeah, oh, I could see I the like Miranda kinda, spot yeah, filled by him. Exactly. So I, I feel like, obviously, I don't think they sh- they need they should bring in a carbon copy of Johnson because that the fans are going to see that real quick and go, nope, that's a whole lot of nope. <laughs> uh, but what Johnson brought was a, a level of comedy and a level of like tension relief that we don't have yeah. in the current games, you know? And I feel like we do need that. I don't know who would fill that role naturally without introducing a new character. I think Buck's probably you know? the best one that we know of. Buck Buck was yeah, but Buck kind of was I, that in Halo 5 a little bit. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Brian. Like I think it ain't I Roland. Think, I think feel like they've tried to make mm, Roland funny. I do Roland, not like we Roland. We don't talk about we have we, we don't talk about Roland. No. But, but, <laughs> 
that makes me laugh. No. But, uh, it's because that scene where Roland, like, is, like, getting offended is hilarious to me. Yeah. But, uh. Because it's like, he's like, are you saying, that? oh, and he, like, he gets interrupted. He's like, I'm trying to, t- oh. He's like, uh, and he keeps getting interrupted. He's like, shit, play. Are you gonna let me speak or what? Yeah. Uh, what kind? Of, I don't. I don't. I'm just no. no I don't but, like him. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not too no. too big on him. I like the voice actor though, but uh, not not as big on Roland. But uh, no, I agree, man. I think I think without Johnson, you lose. Johnson like made the military aspect seem playful and fun in a sense, and I'm not saying it's not or anything. I just you know it it. You when you get to Halo Four and he's not there. You can really feel his lack of presence because he just—he was like a marine who you, you see all the marines around him and they're very serious and they're scared and rightfully so. But then he's like—he's there to chop up banter. He's there playing like some metal music. He's there like saying quick-witted stuff, Are you hit, having good banter. <laughs> he's there like never. If he falters in any way emotionally and mentally, we don't see it. You know what I mean? So externally, like he really puts off this really. I don't. This really fun. I don't aspect. know if Bungie knew. I don't know if Bungie knew at the beginning what they had on their hands because, and I've always thought this is so interesting. The the actor behind him is David Scully, mm-hmm. and you can he almost has no internet footprint. It kind of blows my mind. Like you can't find interviews with him. You can't find really much about him at all. Like the most you can find is like a picture of him well, in the recording booth. Do you remember back in, um, in the making of Halo Two? Like they don't even show Steve Down. Do you literally see part of his mouth? say a couple lines like oh, the yeah. ship is you know tearing itself apart or something like that he says that's crazy uh, yeah and, and it's like you don't even actually see his face like up until up until i i think after halo 3 like we didn't know what steve downs even looked like it's weird yeah yeah well it, well steve downs and uh, uh jen taylor had never worked together till halo 4 yeah which is even ever. more surreal to think about but cool but no i don't i don't know if bungie knew what they had on their hands there because like like we said last week in the in the halo combat evolved manual um, Johnson wasn't really an established character in the first game. He was a guy that was there to mimic uh, the the Capone yeah. from Aliens, and he just he died in missions. He he actually got killed, <laughs> yeah. um, and he wasn't referenced. So, but then if you look back at the trilogy now, you're like, wow. If you remove all the lines and quotes and everything from Johnson over the first three games, a lot of that humor and charm is gone. And you can kind of see that already in Halo Reach. Yeah, that humor is not filled in Reach. It's kind of it's gone. No, there. it's very. It starts and, to get gritty. And then reaches reaches where they first started to make it so like you couldn't understand the alien speak again, and it, and Reach kind of started this trend of like things getting really serious that I feel like most of the fan base didn't really care for. And you look at even you look at ODST like Johnson's only there for one scene, the very end scene of ODST. But Buck he filled that slot. Yeah, you know what I mean in ODST. So. From from Halo, I, I'm glad we're kind of discovering this now because it's like from Halo One through Three and ODST, you know that same vibe was there, and we always kind of talk about you know things started charm. to change at Reach, yeah. and Reach, I think part of that was the humor, big time, the the the, the brevity. It was the, definitely. The, I feel like Halo Reach yeah. needed to be as it is, but yeah, like you said before, like Three Four Three gets so much crap that really like yeah. man, the, the the stuff that they get really manifested. And Halo Reach, to be fair. Yep. But, uh, Brian, to just follow that up with a quick question to you. Okay. Do you think Oscar Meyer is maybe going to be that new sort of person in a I way? Mean, I mean, that's what you I see assume. him. You see him go from being emotional to, like, when Chief's, like, shields boot up and everything. And he's, like, awake. And he's like, yeah! He's got his arms yeah. up. Do you feel like he could kind of drive in some personality? Dude, that's what I assume. And I feel like everyone, in, I feel like I've seen everyone in the, in, the, in the community say, hey, this guy made me feel something I haven't felt in Halo in a long time. You know, he really feels like 
genuine. Like he just feels like a dude because they show you a range of emotions from him. In just one trailer. It's like he's 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 lost. He's sad. He's, he misses his family. You then you see the hope in his eyes when Chief shows up on the radar. Then you see the Discover excitement hope. when he thinks he's saved. Yeah, discover hope, man. Like, they nailed it. Like, I, we'll see if they pull it off in the game, but that trailer gave us exactly what we were looking for. I can't for. wait to experience it, uh, just his character. It's it. It's Dude, so great. People call him we're Bro Hammer. For July, this man. guy, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Guys, we are like one freaking month away. Month. Yeah. It's, ugh, can't wait. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. We probably going to be so high. We probably got like what? I think, oh, probably four episodes, I think, before we reach that point. Yeah. yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared for our first episode after this show off Infinite because you guys can be getting a straight six hour podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we're gonna have a lot to say. It's gonna be because uh, you know me and Josh. And if you guys listen, like you guys listen to us a lot, like you, you know, Josh and I can be like, I can be like, Josh, this episode is about the Pillar of Autumn. Three hours later, we're still talking about the ship. Like that's how we are. So if you give us like actual substance, it's not gonna be good. But it also yeah, is I was gonna, gonna say be our speculation good. that we've all real. had is now gonna shift to. It's now going to run oh, off we were of wrong. what is actually confirmed now, and then we're going to be speculating off of what we've seen. Like, oh, do you think the Warthog can now fire like missiles, or you know, or something like that? Or do you? It's think crazy. It- the Warthog can turn into a boat. And actually, yeah, that's right. We yeah, saw the, yeah. the Mega constructs. Maybe it can. All right, Josh. Here's my here's the great question, though, man. Question. Gosh, we probably could have had was, an episode just talking about that. That was dope. Yeah. That's that's one of my favorites. Um, the question we asked was. It's typically unpopular when new entries tread the same ground, but what if a game was designed to tell the same story from a different view? If a new Halo title based on the story of a previous game through a different character's eyes was announced, which would you like to see? So to sum that up, basically, if 343 announced a new game and the story is the same, it takes place during the same story of a game we've already seen. Like, for instance, ODST took place during Halo 2 but from a different perspective, from the ODST's perspective. we got another game like that where maybe, you know, you're seeing the perspective of someone else through a story that's already been told. Who would you choose? Okay. Uh, Josh, do you have anything in mind before I go into other people's? Yeah, I'd probably, honestly, I I think right away I'd like to play as a character on the Halo ring from the first game and really get to experience the sheer horror. Like a Marine? Yeah, like a Marine. And really get to experience the, the progress. Like, imagine a game in which... You know, you, you hit your first, maybe your first mission, like your first one or two maybe is like just seems everything's normal. You're fighting Covenant. And then you discover, even though you already know as the gamer, you already know what's coming. But like your squad that you start to get attached to over the game slowly comes apart. Almost like in the same similar vein to Halo Reach, but like with a bit more depth. But like you get to, yeah. you get to kind of experience that. It's like, or you know what? What if you're that guy, you know, who's like shooting at Chief? Like, don't come near me. But you play the whole game as him up to that point, and uh, it ends with that. Like that. No one's ever said that yeah, before. That's that cool. Could be, that could be neat. Anyway. And the game ends with Chief shooting you in the head. <laughs> blood goes yeah, maybe the at the end of the credits, you just hear, like, a bullet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, they leave it up to the mind. Like, was it Chief, or did he shoot himself? Yeah, itself? exactly. Uh, that's cool, wow. dude. Make that game. Yeah. Anyway, what are right. our, what are our uh, answers? That's yeah, that... uh, also, by the way, dude, you got me thinking, because, like, that, that Fire Team Raven I played, that's what you do. You play as, yes! as a regular dude, dude oh, on I cannot Halo, wait to so. run into that. I was talking We're going to play that together. It's going to happen. And we'll see if we can get it filmed. Yeah. <laughs> um, Poor Erica will so, be standing there with the camera. <laughs> yeah. First res- Oh, by the way, before I get to the responses, I just want to give a shout-out to at VFX E-Z-Z-E-L-L-V-F-X, because one of the pictures I shared for that question was a cool picture he did of of uh, from Reach. Uh, I didn't know it was his picture, um, so I want to make sure I give him the credit. Uh, dope picture, thanks, man. Yeah, um, absolutely. First, is it is it this one right here? Responses. Yeah, yeah, oh, that, that one's, one's super good. 
Yeah, and he said that's not even the finished version. I pulled one that I just got it from Google. I pulled one that wasn't his finished uh, one. So, yeah, uh, really cool picture. Uh, first response is from our buddy Haruspis, the Bob Ross of Halo. Bob Ross of Halo, man. Every time mm. you hear, every time I hear his accent, I'm just like, oh, I, I, I dude, he can keep listen, man. Uh, if he just talk, Alex, if you're listening, I, I can't swear on the podcast, but I can honestly tell you that it, it's very evocative of an expletive nature of just joy, such joy, yeah. Such calming joy. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? If he was a GPS, I'd, if he was a GPS voice, I'd get in a car wreck. But, uh, right. you know. I mean, if he, he could just, if I, I'd be like, hey, I really want to do this. And he'd be like, no, you don't want to do this. This is what you want to do. And I'd be like, okay, I, I, I have to do that now. Yeah. Like, he just convinced me through his voice. Uh, I, I don't know. That's probably a horrible imitation, but I was trying. He's so <laughs> he's so eloquent and so well He's so well spoken. Yeah. Uh, and the dude knows his halo, man. Like, like. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of people out there who know more about Halo than me, but I I, I hold myself to a high standard that I think I, I really know the lore. I really know the universe very well. You do, man. But I always I will bow out. To, I will always bow out to Haruspas. He is he is the guy. You know he he knows it better than I do. Oh, that episode but, uh, that episode of YouTube man was so good just because of that. I love people because I mean, hey, by all accounts, I mean I, I'm more on the multiplayer side, so it was great to hear two like lore guys really really dish it out. Like yeah. that was cool. Really really cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Thought it would be cool. He said, and, Alex. It was cool. It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Buy the shirt. Be the first one. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Etsy.com slash Sacred Icon Halo. We have shirts, keychains, and buttons. Uh, if you guys want to... Uh, I guess I'm going right into this now here. I'm just going to get this out of the way real quick. That's one way you guys can support the podcast. If you don't want to just directly give money to our Patreon, which we have as low as $1 a month, uh, our Patreon is patreon.com slash Sacred Icon Halo. Mm. Uh, if you don't want to do that, but you want to support in a way that you can get something more physically back out of it, buy a shirt off of uh, off of our Etsy shop. Uh, buy a button. Buy a keychain. We we would love to have you guys represent. Um, that's one cool way to support. It us. means a lot. Uh, yeah, it's really cool, dude. It, they're, they're, it's, it's a dope shirt. Best way I can put I mean, it. I would. It's crazy yeah. flattering. It is. We got and we got people who post their their pictures of them wearing the shirt, and we always retweet those. So that's just another way, guys. But anyways, we'll come back to the business later. Uh, Alex says Fireteam Raven and ODST were pretty solid explorations of that idea, and I think there's a degree to which they work really nicely because Halo stories are often very porous. They're large scale events with lots of people involved beyond the main cast. It's not something I'd say I need more of. I do think the focus should be on new stories, expanding into new areas of the universe, and opening new doors. But both times it's been done have been rather good, so I'm not against the idea. I'll say I completely agree with Alex that I'm more in the camp of new experiences. Like, if you're going to give us a new perspective, Mm -hmm. give us a new story. We don't need to hear the same story again. But for the sake of the question, you know, like he said, it's been done before with Fireteam Raven and ODST, and it's worked out really well. It's, it's pretty cool. So um, I think it does a great job of expanding the universe. You know, ODST and Fireteam Raven make me feel like the world's bigger because I saw different points of view. What do you think, John? Uh, I think, you know, I really like, I feel like Haruspis really goes against the grain of uh, like popular opinions a lot. And I really respect the insight he brings to his opinions and perspectives on that stuff. Like when I see some of that stuff with Halo, I'm like even Last Jedi, you know, something that he likes, and I I, lo- I like it, but I'm just you know, but I but it's his favorite, it's his favorite, right? And it's and it's not mine, but like he brings such good insight to that kind of stuff. So in regards to Halo and stuff like that, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely agree. Like, there's a part of me that wants to say, yeah, like I want more, I want to see more of these sort of characters introduced in this or that developed, but like, 
I mean, I know it's got to be a lot harder. It's a bit harder of an undertaking, and there's expectations mm-hmm. with that. Give us like a, just new stuff. I'm going back to that now, but, but uh, give us new stuff and new new stories. I think would be would be very cool. Give us. I th- I'm sorry. I was just gonna say. I was gonna say. I feel like I feel like Fire Team Raven was a good way of like doing this, but with not raising the expectations too high because yeah. it's just an arcade. Like it's a nice one-off, you know? and if they want to do a sequel to that in an arcade, that's that's another way to continue that. But I don't need to see... Yeah, I'm biased because I haven't played it yet, but I don't need to see stuff from that continued in another game. If they do it, cool, but if they don't, cool. Josh, guess who our next response, next response is from? Ryan, who, who is our next response from? Uh, Well, there's a remaster coming out this August for a game that was written by this man. Kingdoms oh. of Amalar Records. Yes! <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Last podcast we brought that we brought that up and you said that that Kingdoms of Amalar was written by none other than Matthew Salvatore. A complete accident, which is great. On accident, but it's actually R.A. Salvatore. And then after the podcast they announced Kingdoms of Amalar re reckoning. I think I'm gonna buy that. Dude, game. I'm buying that day one. We should I'm play that, that and like, talk about yes. it. Yes. That's I'm stoked. And I'm gonna I make played the demo of that and I liked like, it. Like back, I bought I bought it, but I couldn't get into it at the time. But I was not as much into like forcing myself through games. But I think it's yeah, I want to buy that. But yeah, so Matthew Salvatore getting that. Congrats! Uh, that not only for, not only do you get the Snyder cut, but now you get a remastered you get to, version of your game that no one ever thought they'd see. <laughs> yeah, hashtag release. Well, he's just cut. having a really great year. You know, yeah. he is. He is. He's having a great year. Uh, also, Deserves while it. we're talking about him. He is at the $1 tier. He's been supporting us since the beginning. Thank you, Matthew. Beginning. You're such a effing bro. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> since the land before uh, time. Boy, I am he really, says, Reach. really into dinosaurs right now. Wow. Oh, dude, I Brian, think I watched Jurassic Real quick, Park, I'm sorry. Dude, I yeah. appreciate that. I love that so much. Brian. And Tom Jurassic. What? If you were, Don't if let me you were forget dinosaur, to tag Tom Jurassic. In oh, dude. Well, no, I sh- shouted him out earlier. I love Tom Jurassic, dude. If you're listening to this, you have been so helpful to me I and insightful. Not only does he have an amazing accent, but he has a great Twitter, a great YouTube channel. You guys should check out. And he just posts like he posts these dino facts, and I'm like, man, I'm, I I bought a Smithsonian book, a damn ass Smithsonian book of dinosaurs. I'm going to his videos to learn about dinosaurs. Mm. That very book mm. I bought, I spent like forty dollars on, which is great. You want to know? But, uh, you want to know what, Josh? That? A paleontologist could be telling me about dinosaurs, and if Tom Jurassic walked up, I would tell the paleontologist, "Shut the f up, get out of my way." <laughs> me too, buddy. I I'm like, I got to talk to this guy who knows a little bit more than you do, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> and I would go talk to Tom Jurassic, and I would say like, "Yeah, get out he's, of here, man." He's so great. Know. I can't I can't speak highly uh, enough of him. He's great. Uh, but yeah, Matt, Matt says, reach through the point of view of Chief or Arbiter. Halo 1 through Arbiter's point of view. I would love to see Halo 1 through Arbiter's. Because, like, just picture, like, Arbiter is, like, up on, like, his ship. And he's, like, have you have you stopped the, the you know, um, what's the, what do they call, um, what do they call Chief when they're, like, degrading them? It's not Demon until the second game. Like, you oh, know, I don't know. He's I was like, going to say Demon, stop. but yeah. You know, stop, stop, stop their filthy footsteps. Like we got to stop them from, you know, desecrating the ring. And then, like, you know, like maybe there's one point in the game where the arbiter's like, "I'll have to do it myself." And like he's down there, and you can see like like, chiefs at the end of a yeah, right, puts on the gauntlet. (laughs) And he's like, "I got to Like you, he sees like the you maybe you see chief at a distance, like walking into a building, and like arbiter's trying to get to him. And then like you get to experience his failure through that game. Oh. That'd be dope. Yeah. Then you go into Halo War. You go to Halo Two, and you're like, "Damn, I saw this." You know, I'll, what do you think? Josh? I'm gonna switch that up a bit. I'm gonna say, I think it would be great to have a game 
like that playing as as uh, Master Chief experiencing the events of Reach because you could utilize Thel in the cutscenes as a means of showing his progression of where he's at and then also showing how there's sort of a uh, becomes a steady decline maybe going to the the end of Reach like despite sort of the the seemingly victory we get we sort of see what 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 comes maybe after you know chasing to the Halo ring and stuff like that and I think I think his story would be better experienced in cutscenes as we're playing as the chief, you know, kind of like I get that. Like you're yeah. fighting, a, you're fighting a losing battle again, so maybe that wouldn't necessarily be good. But I feel like it would just well, be ever, great to like see see Thel in cutscenes as opposed to. Then again, may, maybe it would. They ever reboot the franchise? Maybe, put him. Maybe in the it'd cutscenes. be a nice remix on Halo Reach and says, "Hey, you know, you guys fought a losing battle. Why don't we have you guys fight an uphill victory?" And uh, yeah, then you play as Thel cool. instead. So yeah, either way, very it. cool idea. It'd be great. Um, Nick at King Grunt says, King Grunt. I'd honestly love to play as Atriox when he formed the Banished, breaking away from the Covenant. So as you know, Josh, even though you haven't played it yet, Atriox leads the Banished, and the Banished are just a sect of Covenant that broke off. They were so powerful, the Covenant could not contain them. They're the ones you fight in Halo Wars 2. So he'd love to see uh, like a game where Atriox forms that. I think that would be really Yeah, that could, be, I would love that could to definitely that. be cool. I know I don't have a, um, that emotional attachment to that character yet, having not played Halo Wars 2, man. But, but he's like, a great character. Here, but yeah, yeah, I know a lot of people really talk about him being like a very favored villain in the franchise. Or... Well, it's crazy to say Atriox is my favorite brute character, and he was not made by Bungie or technically 343. I mean, I, don't, I, I guess I don't know how much involvement 343 had, but obviously Halo Wars 2 was made by Creative Assembly. Atriox is the coolest, coolest brute. Well, the name's mind. awesome, so and he looks awesome. Yeah. So, no, yeah. that, that could definitely He's be dope. Cool, for sure. Um, KB at KLB725 oh, says... Brian, give, I would give that? anything. KB I'd Toys? Give so much, yeah, I'd give so much to go back into a KB Toys in the 90s. That was good times, dude. I used to see that and just get what's, filled with excitement. What's that person's username? At KLB725. Hey, you know, it's probably thank you so much for taking me back in time. Anyway, yeah, I'm right. sorry. What's what? what uh, say? KB says, "Give me a horror game like oh, my phone just turned off. I read that. Here we go. Turn it on. Give me a horror game like what if you played a civilian trying to escape a city when an active flood outbreak occurs? Ooh. What I'm saying is, I want Dead Space in the Halo universe. That could be that could be very good. I think there's definitely room for a Halo horror esque game because of the flood. Give us the flood in a way we've. We kind of we need got to game. first experience them in combat evolve, but like make that make give us an entire game of that. Especially if you're a civilian dude, where it's like if a flood attaches to you, it's game over. Yeah, you know, like it'd be like a face crawler, face hugger from uh, the Alien franchise. No, that could uh, which be is basically what they're inspired. That could by. be pretty cool. Imagine like you know, it'd be kind of interesting to like. Uh, I think Watchdog Legions is supposed to do it, but you have like NPCs that you kind of play as, yeah. and they have their own personalities. And, like imagine like as soon as you get turned into a flood. You either take the form of them, or they just switch you over to some new NPC. You know, I, don't, I mean, there's different ways they could do that, but like, that would be cool. I want an alien isolation, but Halo. What I like That'd with be cool. You know what? I think I can't remember if I've told the story in the podcast before. It's really short, but I, I always laugh hysterically. I get Creighton laughing so hard when we talk about this because when Alien Isolation came out, I went to Best Buy to pick up my copy. So I went to the front desk, and there's this lady working at the desk who you can tell probably never played a video game in her life. And I said, hey, I, uh, I'm i here to pick up my copy of Alien in, uh, Alien Isolation. And she goes, okay, uh, let me get she, – she gets on the she gets on her, her headset. She goes, you got any copies of that Alien Installation back there? <laughs> <laughs> and 
I'm like, this isn't a hardware store. I don't need to stuff my drywall. That's awesome. But, yeah, that's funny. But anyways, uh, next one is from... At uh, Loosed Cannon says, I would very much want to see a game that is about an insurrectionist during the Human Covenant War. Yeah, we've heard way too much about insurrectionists who have never... Yeah, I was going to say, that's something I feel like a lot of people want and we really haven't gotten yet. So if they ever do, like, something like that, or even, like... Like, you hear, like... I feel like we hear a lot about people wanting the insurrectionist stuff or, like, the Contact Harvest stuff, and we haven't gotten those. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, I'm surprised we haven't. Yeah. That's the thing we, we kind of... We touched on briefly earlier in this episode. Like, it's surprising for a 20-year-old franchise how there really is, like, very little in the spinoff sphere. Yeah. I mean, look at something like Kingdom Hearts where... Of the 13 games, only three of them are main, which I know that's an extreme example, but uh, Halo, you know, you have ODST, Halo Wars 1 and 2. Uh, and you have Reach, technically. Kind, yeah, it's a spinoff, of. it is. I, I, I don't know. I, I have to, let me think it's on it. It's a prequel like spinoff. I mean. I feel like it's a, pre, it's just, I feel like it's a prequel. What if it was called, you know, yeah, I, I feel like it's part of the mainline series, personally. Fair enough. But, Agree to disagree, yeah. but I, I respect that. Yeah, I don't really think it's a right or wrong thing. It's just kind of a, I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, um, Unicracken at Unicracken. Unicracken. I think, I think a, lot of people, a lot of people know Man, Unicracken. I, Ryan, I, yeah. you're Unicracken. Yeah. Well, uh, he's cracking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from, uh, Look at that from, Frodo. Uh, he's cracking. Oh, uh, I want to watch... I want to rewatch Lord of the Rings so bad, but I don't want to spend 12 hours. You know, that's the problem yeah. right now I have. Uh, I would really prefer new stories and experiences. I would be okay with games that were retellings of good books, but not a game of a game. We pretty much agree with you, Unigragon. Yeah. Uh, you know, why, why waste all the the, the time um, when we could have tell a new story? Yeah. So I, I think that makes sense. I definitely agree with that. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Last one is from... Anthony, DC Outlaw. Oh, says yeah. Maybe, uh, you know? Yeah. I don't know if I... Or I can't remember. We've had him on here before, haven't we? It's hard to keep track of everybody. Uh, he says, maybe a game following the Arbiter after Halo 3, leading up to playing his perspective in Halo 5. That sounds dope, because he goes back to saying Helios to get that yeah, shit back on that track. that could definitely be cool, because that's kind of a gray area right now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we don't really... He just kind of shows up mm-hmm. in 5, and it's like, oh, what have you been doing, bro? Yeah, that could be um, cool. That could definitely be cool. I would like that a lot. Um... Yeah, but Josh. What's up, Brian? Time to go into those Patreons. Keep a food on the plate. Oh. Shoot. <laughs> I wanted to swear. <laughs> I, go, I was going to. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was going to say that, but I was like, no, I've, I've swore a couple times already. I'm so bad. Yeah. It's more like, yeah, I know. We just, we like to be good boys here. We like to, we like we to be good little boys. We like to be good boys. <laughs> oh, man. Josh, what's a, what's a, what's a, what's a hit song right now? Can you think of a hit song? Uh, Roxanne. How's that go? It's like, Roxanne, Roxanne. All you want to do is party all night. Roxanne. Man, I don't know it. Goddamn. <laughs> what's the, uh, man, what's one of those songs? Okay, so Josh and I used to work at a grocery store, and they play the same songs uh, every night. What's a song that would play as oh, we're leaving? Oh, God, that one that was like, walking in Memphis. Yeah. Walking in Memphis. I was pushing my shoes down to the heel. I wow, you sounded like a man disguising himself as an elderly woman. <laughs> Quickly nice. Left. There were so many songs that would play there, and I can't even. Or what's that one? Um, oh, this just played. Me and my wife went to a wedding. Um, uh, uh, 
Oh, don't you dare look back. Just keep your eyes on me. I said you're holding back. She said, shut up, Dan, dance with me. <laughs> yeah. Master Chief is my enemy. I said he's the demon. Bri- that the Covenant are scared of. Brian's freaking gyrating right now. Like You can't oh, see what I he's doing know. with his shoulders, but he was he was making some magic happen. <laughs> but anyways, guys, we always try to spice up the business for you so it's not yeah. so boring. Welcome um, to the business with Brian. At the Patreon. I need, I need a little jingle. Patreons. We, we need to have a jingle for that down the line. Like, right, like, we're like, okay, guys, and next up is the business. And then it goes into this. It goes into <laughs> it this. It looks like jingle. lasagna was dripping off your face when you said that. <laughs> it goes into this jingle. And it's like, um, here comes the We already business. mentioned Matt. We got the Shipleys. The Shipleys. I love them. I love them so much. I was thinking for this for this time, dude. I was thinking we should like, what if the Shipleys they had their own show again, but it was like Game of Thrones level seriousness. Oh, for real? You know, like yeah, like they're like a like like a Jordan's Ned Stark, and no, uh, it can't be because I love Edward why? Stark, but like he dies at the end of season one. That, that but he's so noble. Breaking. Oh well, Jordan's definitely he's so noble, noble though. But like, okay, I, okay, okay, maybe but, he'd be more like on the Tyrion side because Tyrion like actually lived, right? He didn't die, and yeah. he was pretty noble. I feel like he was a good yeah. character. Yeah. Kirsty, or Kirsty could be. How about this? Actually, I got it better. Yeah. Kirsty is um, Ygritte, and Jordan is Jon Snow. Yeah, except they don't die. Except the Grits doesn't die. Except, except there's no death. Yeah. It, it's preseason. It's like season. Uh, when they die, season three. It's like season two level. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like they're out there. Like they're all flirting like and stuff, shoot, and they're in love. Shooting bows and arrows, and they're both all like really good in combat, and like they also got married in real life, which is a great shooting story. bows and arrows of love. Bozen, yeah. Now I just picture Jordan in like a cupid like diaper. <laughs> He's like, Kirsty, I'm gonna catch you. You're gonna be my love. Oh man. Uh, we also got show. Dust Storm from Podtacular Dust at Storm. the one dollar tier. Yep. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank man. you so much. Really appreciate that. We got a new Patreon at the five. Ooh. Genesis. Genesis. You know what? Randomly, Genesis made me think of uh, when Hillary Duff decided that she wanted to do uh, uh, music. She had a, uh, a song called "Metamorphosis." Oh, dude, it's so funny. Uh, my friend, my friend Jeff. Every time we'd be at work and I'd say something like it'd be like a hot take, and he'd go, "Hey now," I'd literally like as soon as he goes, "Hey now," I'm like, "Hey now, this is what dreams are made of." And I would get so. I was thinking. He was like. I was thinking of that other song that I sang on the last podcast. Hey now, hey now. Don't yeah. You know what's funny, guys? I wonder if there's anybody who's like, oh, this is the part where they start singing. I'm yeah, gonna I was going to say, podcast. every time every time we do this, it's in sync when we record it, but then we hear it back, and it's like the audio is just like, no, I can't yeah. keep that together. <laughs> just, yeah, it's like you guys are a mess. So you're going to hear one of us um, ahead of the other one. We got Marcus at the $1. Team. Marcus Aurelius. He's been at it for a while. Thank you so much, Mark. Yeah, really appreciate you, it. Uh, we got the best moderator in the world based off of one experience. Jondon. Jondon <laughs> is excelsior. He, 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 such a good guy. So good, dude. I, man, I, dude, I remember when he was dropping like this info about how to do like spoiler tags or whatever and like cover up your text when there's spoilers in there. I was like, it was blowing my freaking mind. Jondon is so well equipped. He's on that. top he's, of it. He's on an exception. He's on top of it. Uh, we got Justin Howard at the one dollar. Justin Thank Howard. You, bro. Uh, we got Photon coming at that Photon five. dropping those fresh spicy memes some, in my inbox. He's got great memes. Those memes are spicy. They're dude. so like, spicy. It's hot. It's hot. So, so, so spicy. Uh, we got Abu. Uh, Abu, how's it do? <laughs> I just stole. That it was like in the, I, I, I know I was about to sing and then Brian just took it. You because I love you it. You were like the Kanye West to my Taylor Swift right there, but I loved it so much. 
I loved it. And then we got, last but not least, Trevor Polky. And I, you know what? Even though I love pork chops and I think it's a great thing to be known for, that's not cool enough. So I got to think of something new for Trevor Polky. Like what... What do I think of when I when I think of Trevor? Polk? I feel I feel uh, I feel a nice connection, like a kindred spirit with him uh, by work at night. I do. I so. feel like I feel like he's there with the stocking in the past, yeah. like in spirit. There's times the, I, the, I the think the of this stuff and I'm like, is this after we're done? I'm like, will Pokey will he approve of this? Listening to this at work, I'm like, is this good content for him at work? And I'm yeah. like, the optimist in me wants to say, yeah, it's right. a bit vain, but I'm like, I hope so. I think he'll I'll like. Be like it. I'll be, I think he'll. He, he's low key. He's like, you know what, guys? You know, you, you got you're the right type of material for the cereal aisle, but when I'm stocking cans, it just doesn't jive. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something about those cans. Uh, I know. The, I get the, the lids vibe. don't had, interlock. This is, this is random, but I got the vibe that Trevor Polky is really good with women. Like I, he just looks. He's got that look. He got that look in his profile picture. Like he knows how to talk. You know what? You know. So all the guys in our in our in our community, super handsome guys. All the girls, super pretty, super beautiful. Yep. We're lucky. We're blessed here. Yeah. We're blessed. But anyways, guys, that is it for today's episode. It's a long one, but I feel like it was pretty good. Yeah, I feel pretty great good. About I that. really that was enjoyed a fun it. discussion. Uh, a lot of good topics there. Uh, let Josh know at Jovial Joshi uh, how excited you are that he uh, finally completed Halo Wars One. Tell him to get on Halo Wars Two because here, Josh is the guy that completes movies. I'm the guy that completes games. Josh takes about four to eight years to complete Witcher Three. No, it was actually two. <laughs> it's I funny because still he's right uh, about four yeah. years. <laughs> Uh, four years. Uh, uh, 100% though, up, guys. Love that game. Please play it. Go ahead, Brian. I'm so sorry. It's great. <laughs> you want to hit me up? I'm at Brian's Bane. Uh, we have a website, sacrediconhalo.com. If you want to write into our email, it is sacrediconhalo at gmail.com. I already threw... Oh, we got the Discord, sacrediconhalo. Everyone's welcome. There's a link at the top of our Twitter. Guys, there's uh, a lot of fun discussion like you, always going on. Like there. There, we got, oh, we got yeah. people we that love. are posting like cosplay pictures, people that are posting yeah. fresh, spicy memes. We got discussions on the lore. We got just general topics and, and people checking in on one another. It's very wholesome, yep. very welcoming. They're uh, all welcome yes, to be there. Absolutely. And we, we, we talk about anything. I mean, and Josh and I talk too it's not like you just go there and talk amongst yourselves like we're in there um so yeah guys that's i think that pretty much sums up all the uh we got the patreon already all that stuff out there uh, oh and also guys if you want to leave a five-star review on apple podcast please be do that uh by all means i'll read it off uh, in a funny accent on the show but uh it, it means so much to us it, it bumps us up it helps uh spread awareness for our podcast to other people out funny. there uh but yeah you know, if, as long as it's five star make it funny. <laughs> yeah. like be like be like, start off, be like, if you want to listen to two absolute buttholes, have no experience, have no experience with Halo at all. If you're a Call of Duty fan, then this isn't the podcast for you because these guys are straight fire. <laughs> you sound like an ad on the Citadel from Mass Effect 2. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I am Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite yeah, one. So, uh, yeah. well, all right, guys, we are out. Yes. We enjoyed having you guys with us, and we hope we made your work or your, your drive much better. I'm Brian. That's Josh. Keep it sacred, guys. Woo! Peace, babies. Peace. We're out. Oh.